and yeah all of a sudden you, you you're in a conversation and then you kind of drop six inches as the kind of the seat just kind of <laughs> suddenly jolts down and then kind of yeah, the complete atmosphere is lost and everyone's kind of burst out laughing yeah because yeah, i've done that quite a few times at, at work where i've had i've had a foot behind the you know you've got like the, the five legs on you on your chair and i've had the foot pinned behind and then someone's asked me something i've turned around and left my foot where it was oh, no. and then and then it's just squashed you down so then you can't move and then it's you know it's 10 minutes of the office just laughing at you while you're trying your to wiggle out the chair place. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you're trying to like, <laughs> lifting yourself up <laughs> on the desk to try and make it make it move <laughs> yeah See, i'm not worried about one of those <laughs> yeah my See, i'm not most of my chairs just chair. go down like during the day <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say mine, mine's stuck it. Mine's stuck at the highest level. I, 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 I okay. think yeah, to actually get it to go down, I'd have to kind of pull on the lever and bounce on the chair at the same time. <laughs> it's when you when you start, you sort of you find yourself over the course of the day. You, what's, what's why, why am I having to like reach up to my mouse? You know, to yeah, make yeah. Mouse, <laughs> yeah. Or if you have to share a share a desk with someone and they kind of they're taller or shorter and they kind of shift it up and down right they're adjusting everything <laughs> well I, I discovered um my previous chair to this one the the gastro had gone over the course of years and um you can just buy replacement gastrots but yes. they come in different sizes as well so i just <laughs> took a wild stab at whatever size i was expecting it to be and uh it was it was about the two inches or four inches longer than it should have been for that chair so i sort of held it up against the other one it was like you know massive difference but then um duncan from little hobby shop i managed to send it to him um because he bought the same chair as me and it's uh because he's he's about 15 foot tall so he okay. needed something a little bit higher so he swapped the gastrus out for the like, extra long one that i'd found and even he was saying when he when he put like put the chair up to the highest level you know his feet were dangling off the bottom oh no <laughs> it was just like super super high it's just sort of like you know waving around on the top of this side but will it go down low enough as well because i just thought about, about that because my desk behind me is my is essentially a standing desk so i can't really use it although i've kind of designed it so i can kind of sit at it with a uh, chair if I want yeah I can lower the monitors I do have the kind of the original desk it became mm. a standing desk still got the original mm. desk which if I clear some stuff off it um, which obviously yeah it's difficult but if I clear some stuff off it I still have that kind of original desk so I can kind of sit at it with this chair but I can't work at the computer kind of without doing lots of shifting around off this chair and I have thought a couple of times well it'd be nice to but maybe yeah, try and get like almost like a bar stool because that'd probably be high enough. But actually, maybe getting a gastrot, yeah, or getting a gastrot that is just longer. I think but they do I make those. Yeah. To, I also need it to be able to come down low enough to sit at this. You, you might have to, yeah. I suppose you'd need. You'd probably need to sink it a bit lower so that you had one with with a longer throw, a longer travel distance, so that you could then get that that shift. But yeah, I suppose you, you're going to get to that fine balance then you probably need like an operator's stool for like a, a draftsman stool yeah they're quite good for that right. for uh you just end up spinning them around for ages to try and get them to, to lower down <laughs> yeah that's right i remember those <laughs> yeah 
Oh, that'd be good. That'd be quite good fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, for modifying, I've got I've got a couple of old science lab stools. I've got a wooden one and I've got a metal one. Metal one lives out in the tinkerage. And I thought, yeah, trying to kind of maybe trying to modify that to create a higher stool. Because sometimes I want to work at the higher level on that computer, but I want to sit down. Right. Can There's probably a video. Someone's probably done it already. You can <laughs> find <laughs> some <likely>. inspiration. <laughs> uh, Izzy Swan's got like a drill powered uh, chair that goes up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got you drill can make your own. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I'm surprised so. Izzy isn't fully drill powered yet. Right. Yeah. Well, he did have One he end. did have that operation, so maybe he is. Yeah, maybe that's what he got. <laughs> just every now and then, he's just got to swap a couple of Bosch batteries out or something. Yeah. <laughs> just right. don't ask where he has to plug them in. <laughs> nope. Don't want to know. <laughs> For sure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Got to go somewhere else. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm staying quiet this time. <laughs> Dave, hello. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Make His Waffle. Which for oh, thank you. the listeners, this is your first podcast. That's right. So you, you're not our first guest. It's their first podcast, but we've had a few. We've had a couple. Okay. I'm not sure how many now. We've I think three, or you might be the third. One of the oh, first podcast. Possibly, so possibly. Yeah, more what? than ten percent. More than ten percent of our guests wow. have broken yeah, their podcast yeah. virginity <laughs> on Maker's Waffle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for I mean, inviting we, me. We try and be gentle, you know, <laughs> for kissing sure. the cuddle afterwards. Okay. <laughs> but you're going you're gonna to be back on in a couple of weeks' time, aren't you, for episode 30? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I've been so, taking a bunch of notes on the list. for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Which reminds uh, me, I must, I must get in contact with everyone this week just to make sure they're still up for it. The, the... Sure. And start reminding Steve. Yes. Oh, yeah. How many times <laughs> yes. do you have to remind him? <laughs> Enough. We generally don't like to say in public. It's, <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's not polite. <laughs> but he did turn up on time. You know. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, for his episode, I almost yes. didn't make it, yeah. So we we've we've known each other now for about eighteen months. Oh, actually, I think we've we've probably kind of interacted for longer. But it yeah, make, us on, make, make us on Zoom having coffee is the kind of group that brought us together during COVID. Uh, That's right. Yeah, which kind of a follow on from Vincent last week. Um, oh yeah, I think it's it's, it's nice to see that there's been kind of sort of positive things come out of which is still a generally crap situation um yes yeah it's definitely cool to you know um uh, yeah because we all interact on you know facebook or you know comment on someone's instagram posts but um you know we get a lot you know more detailed discussions you know and just you can get to know people a little bit better um and we yeah. have a cat that we you have, we have a cat vista so that would be you, what a fourth or fifth on, the, on the, yeah we've got more cats on than uh first time um, podcasters yeah yeah oh that's funny <laughs> i didn't plan that but i guess uh i didn't get them all out of the room before that's all right we Sorry. really don't mind don't we oh, sure it helps the view numbers go up i think yeah oh right <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, more. Where's the cat purr? So for the benefit of those who are listening on good quality headphones, they may be able to hear the cat purring. Is it? Is it? Uh... <laughs> no, it's good. No, we don't mind that. It shows that somebody's okay. appreciating it. Yeah. I don't know how I'm, uh, <laughs> how it's getting picked up. Cat purr is a quite a distinctive sound and carries quite well, I think. That's funny. We had um, a... no. We I do um we do a bunch of training videos and stuff at my work, and um, <laughs> they um we had a, a dog and he was an office dog and he was uh he was sleeping so we didn't want to make him move. He was snoring, um, and <laughs> the microphone picked up the snoring better than almost this the person who was trying to talk so we had to redo the whole thing but it was it was so great it was wonderful i always always said we should just leave this in for uh you know you gotta watch a boring training video but at least there's a hilarious dog snoring it just just like cut him in in the corner just as the uh yep yeah (laughs) sleeping face yep (laughs) it's the sort of thing that people will remember the uh, course for longer yeah exactly yep because it's uh Unique for sure. Might not actually take any of the training material in though. Just just staring at the dogs the whole time. All right. Yeah, that's why I have to switch back and forth. You can't uh, you yeah. sprinkle it in. So uh, just to make sure they're awake. Yeah. Yeah. Because you gotta you gotta pay attention to, to catch it. Or could it turn into one of that? It's, it's that video, isn't there, with the people playing basketball? Yep. And yeah. the gorilla walks through. And pe- people are asked to count the number of passes that take place and completely fail to notice the gorilla walking through because they're concentrating yeah, that's really on interesting. that pass. So I wonder if kind of if there's a dog snoring in a training video, would people kind of focus on the training video or focus on the dog snoring? Right, yeah, we'll have a at the quiz we'll see how many times <laughs> <laughs> did the dog appear. <laughs> you can't so that uh, make sure they stayed awake for the whole thing, because hmm. that's definitely, definitely sounds like a, a good strategy. Yeah. So I, I used to kind of sometimes use videos in my teaching, and you kind of get a video with something perhaps particularly interesting to uh, a teenage audience. Right. And you kind of think, well, I'm, I'm going to leave that in. It's not particularly relevant. It's not particularly rude or anything, but I'm going to leave that in and just see if they kind of sort of notice or pay attention. And it, it sometimes right. works to kind of have that thing to maybe look out for. Uh, I think one of my favorites actually was a, there was um, a guy called Dan Osman. He was a, a climber. And there's a, a video of him climbing a 400-foot cliff in about four minutes. Wow. No rope, just soloing up this cliff. Wow. And I used to it kind of, introducing the ideas of things like uh, gravitational potential energy, but also things like power, so the rate of energy transfer. And there's a bit about halfway through the video, which is kind of shot from multiple angles, where he does a, a, a dyno, a leap for a hold. And it's completely off the rock. Wow. It's not like kind of, oh, I'm going to keep one hand on and then leap up and reach up. He literally pulls with two hands and there's a shot from above that shows him completely off the rock. Wow. 
and it's like it's, it's like yeah because there's a there's a, a just before it there's a, a sort of a, a zoom out and you see him wow. kind of the whole cliff and you can't see him but then it's kind of, it sort of zooms back in and he's climbing and you can see that he was about halfway up as they zoom out so yeah it's like that's one to make the kids wow. kind of sort of go mm. what the wake right up yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy and it freaks him out and the guy's dead now yeah he 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 got into he got bored with solo climbing so he took up uh rope jumping so places like yosemite he'd set up a trillion traverse uh with others so they'd have kind of a rope going horizontally from between kind of a chasm and mm. then they'd have another rope tied to the middle and then they jump and he did one i think it was something like 800 feet of rope and they were jumping down big swings and he decided at the end of the day to go back up for one more jump uh the others all decided to go off and go to a party uh, and he never turned up and they found him the next morning because the rope had broke wow it's crazy yeah but that's i mean when you do that type of activity you're always trying to you know increase the challenge or the you know i don't know what you call it <laughs> um, but you've also got to learn to mitigate the risk as well and right you know, yeah i mean you've got to understand you know, if you're doing that you've got to understand the limitations of your kit and then, right how many times only, can you it's only a certain number of times uh, yeah and they took it too many there's um there's an Indian climber who goes by goes by Spider Man or Spider Monkey or something. And he um he went viral quite a while. Um climbing up this, this uh side of the stone building, basically this sandstone building. And um as he gets sort of halfway up he he can't reach the next hold, so he has to basically invert himself. Um and then loop himself back up. It's it's a, I think the link out to put in the uh, in the notes. But it, it's uh, it's a really impressive to watch. And then they did some documentaries about him and stuff like that. And he he basically like modelled himself on how monkeys climb and kind of tried to emulate that that way of um, you know kind of being light on your feet and, and the, almost right. the, the, the kind of the springiness of it. Um, but you know, phenomenal to watch. You know, again, just like free solo and just scaling the side of these, you know, big sheer face buildings and you know, uh, rock faces and stuff. Pretty cool. It's uh, yeah, change things now. Risk is part of your day job, I think, isn't it, Dave? Um, well, we try not to be, but uh, <laughs> I do work for a I work for a safety consulting company part time. So, um, and yeah, so I help with the training materials, but we do all kinds of just, you know, telling people how to, you know, how to mainly comply with regulations, but also actually stay safe. Um, so set a bunch of, um, different stuff, uh, wind turbines. So climbed up to a top of a nice. 300 foot wind turbine. That was fun. Nice. Um, and then, uh, uh, you can get all the way to the top and, um, you know, which I just basically poked my head out of the top. The other guy, the guys who work there, they're like <laughs> walking around on the top of the thing. It's not flat, you know. <laughs> and yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. got an angle, isn't it? 
Yep. Yeah. So, but uh, they do it every day. So, it's just their job. So, it's definitely not. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> do hearted. that every day. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. I'm guessing. I'm guessing they were wired in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's like a railing, and yeah, they're they're have a harness, so they're clipped. But if you fall off the side, it's uh it's not really an easy way to get back up. Yeah. yeah. So I think I you think can actually, I'd be, <laughs> so I think I'd be having a bit of rescue kit kind of on my harness every every trip. I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They have they have a built-in thing, and they um uh, they can either they can sometimes they can like it's easier to like they'll like lower you down the side so three hundred feet over the side of the thing um, if you fall so uh, there, was, there was a big problem there was um. I think it was in America. There was in in the early days of wind turbines. There was a a fire in a nacelle with a couple of guys who were the wrong side of the fire to the to the hatch to get back down. Right. So they they ended up not making it because they there was no rescue kit. There was no kind of means of escape off the nacelle uh, Could because be. the fire yeah. was inside. And, and I mean that was just it was horrific. There was a helicopter that was sort of flying around, but the helicopter couldn't get anywhere near because of the uh, fire and the, the the turbines blades. Uh, yep, yeah, that's something they train for, and uh, yeah, they do have like a, a rescue that's you know specifically for that case. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different, yeah, but now obviously they're always improving that kind of technology. Um, so it's pretty interesting if you look into all the different <laughs> solutions they have for any type of problem there's a, a way to do it oh god I, I mean i like stuff like that i mean my, my father the last job he had um where he before he was any work he was doing for himself the sort of last employed work he had he was a safety officer uh, okay. security for a, a carpet company actually and so there was constantly there was constantly kind of like the you know, safety catalogs around at home because he kind of bring them home to kind of sort of flick through them because he didn't have time in the day and it'd be like oh it's so many kind of interesting things to kind of look at and mm. solutions I guess I'm mean, also a bit of a background in caving and climbing myself it's right interesting to kind of think about this kind of solutions for escape from high places yep uh, yeah some of that stuff is the same uh, you know basically the same equipment you know that yeah. you'd use to descend so yeah it's it's uh interesting actually because my my in-laws run a health and safety training company um and my wife used to work for them as well and she's been doing oh, wow. health and safety <laughs> at her her new place that she's at now um she's been doing uh health and safety stuff for them um but it, it's weird how uh how much people forget that kind of stuff you know that, that's uh so much of it is is you know so much of it is common sense as well but so much of it is just you know complacency of people then not realizing that there is safer ways of doing things you know we sure can do something the same way all the time and it's it's been fine and and then you know people in your position sort of go oh look that this is what can happen oh i never even thought of that i didn't think that was a problem you know it's never happened to anyone i know so Right, you know, 
that must yeah, be a, a frustrating aspect of the job, I would imagine. Um, yeah, it keeps it keeps you busy because there's um, you know, especially people have been doing this job for thirty years, and you know, they always do. Yeah, you know, that's what it, you know. That's uh, yeah, uh, you hear that commonly. It's like we've always done it this way, but yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's not a better way. And that can be you know, for all different types of, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, and do you, I mean, do you find kind of watching maker videos sometimes? Sort of, can you can you turn your kind of your safety awareness hat off, or do you kind of? Oh yeah, because I don't. Um, unless you're, if you're an employee, then your your employer can't ask you to do something to risk your life, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for money because they, they you know there's a, there's a you know yeah. a relationship there that you know. But uh, if you if you can do whatever you want in your own shop, I mean, if someone asks me a question like you know about a respirator or something then uh, i'll give advice but it's not um you know there's lots of different ways to do things and um yeah so a lot of the safety regulations are specifically you know you're talking about uh you know like you're working in a factory or you're you know you're doing something you know so it's it's different than your shop but certainly there's <laughs> there's safer and less safe ways to do things so Yeah, there's enough people commenting so well <laughs> this is true <laughs> this is true the safety the safety police and on youtube particularly are, mm -hmm. are quite vociferous about kind of opening up and going you really shouldn't be doing that or i mean that that can go two ways though kind of sometimes you, you'd get the oh yeah but i've always done that or i've, I've done this instead which is way more unsafe and right yeah the <laughs> people that would go, you shouldn't be like, breathing you... in and out near that tool <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I think I think sometimes about I see people kind of commenting about table saws and their their use, and I kind of think back to when I was working in industry, and yeah, we had. I mean, I had the, there were two table saws that we used to use regularly. One had a 18 inch blade. The other was I think a 12 inch blade. I had big big cabinet saw types. Oh, yeah, sliding tables on both, and it was. They, I mean, they were they were scary machines, but I think to some of the practices that we were doing, I was doing on those, yeah, you know, fingers within centimeters of the blade, yeah, you know, right. cutting pieces that were far too small, really. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we needed cert we needed certain size for certain samples. So, yeah, you know, we needed pieces of like four inches wide, so we literally be kind of yeah. You know, over it you kind of moving things with our hands yeah we didn't have i mean there were sliding tables we didn't have push sticks if we needed something smaller we just kind of yeah, set the fence and, and used our hands to move it through found someone right. with smaller hands <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean it was it was scary i mean we we, we had mm -hmm. you know crown guards on i can't remember if they had riving knives i think the one did and one didn't but they both had right well, certainly one had a crown guard. I'm trying to think if the other one did now. I can't. Mine off done. But yeah, it, it, you, you see, and I see sometimes videos online, and you kind of go, "How you still have your fingers?" And, and obviously, there are times when people <laughs> don't keep their fingers. Yeah, they've. No, they've, yeah, sometimes they don't. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that tends to end up on tools, sort of Facebook. Yeah. Tools they come with a manual and. I got like a, I don't know, it's a Craftsman table saw from the 80s, doesn't have a guard, it didn't come, I don't know where it went, and I haven't replaced it, but uh, 
you know, I did read, I got the manual and I read it because I don't know how to work a table saw and um, it has useful information. <laughs> you should read it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's about like understanding how it, how the tool works, you know, and, and that's a, you know, and again, a small table saw and a cheap table saw is actually more dangerous because it's, that binds up the blade so much more easily, you know, a big yeah, one, yeah, it's not going to stop, but yeah. Right. Yeah, flex in the tabletop. It's cast iron. It's got the flex. Right. Statistics for that, isn't there? For like, you know, if you if you think of the the kind of the the way it would usually go, if you've got someone with a with a big, expensive, heavy, solid table saw, tend to be using, you know, more stable, better hardwoods that are less likely to bind the blade up or things like that. Whereas you might have someone with a super cheap table saw who's then using super cheap, fast grown really crap lumber that's going to be wanting to bind more and stuff like that. I wonder yeah. if there is that, that correlation between the, you know, the, the sort of the, the price range of point of entry almost or point yeah, of probably. damage. Yeah. Or I suppose conversely, you might have more complacency with someone who's got the bigger setup and more years in doing it and have been, been doing it that way for 30 years and yeah, maybe, for sure. maybe it canceled out, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's complicated. Mm. Uh, most things in life <laughs> are, really. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yep, that's what I always. As say. much as everyone on Facebook and, and YouTube wants to say it's everything's sort of nice and simple and black and white, there's there's an awful mm. lot of grey. No. Yep. In, fact, in fact, Eric in the chat has just made a, an interesting point. Eric runs uh, part of running a, a makerspace. It says safety gets pretty interesting in the context of a non-profit makerspace where you have a hard time training people with volunteer hours, funding is lacking, and a lot exists in a legal grey area. Uh, that, yeah, that's, for sure, that's a a big thing. It's yeah, you haven't got that kind of employment. You talked about you know, like you mentioned earlier, that any kind of employer employee relationship where you kind of go. I'm paying you. This is what you have to do. It's enforceable, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't do it, you you're going to lose your job. Hopefully, that's along the lines of if you don't use the safety equipment or do this in a safe manner, you will lose your job. As opposed to right, yeah, if that's... you don't do it, if you don't do it in a really nasty, unsafe manner without the proper equipment, you'll lose your job. <laughs> right. But Which uh, we all know exists. For sure. Yeah, my local makerspace. They um, I think they. I think you typically have to pay for the class to get signed off for the different equipment, you know, and it's like, it's not okay. expensive and they have scholarships and stuff. So they have a fund for that, but yeah, it's like 20 bucks. You go in, you can learn how to use the wood shop or the metal shop. And, uh, you know, so I think that's one, you know, and again, I think a lot of stuff is still volunteer run, but, and it's, maybe it's just the thing of you have to get to a certain scale, you know, where you have enough volunteer, uh, time yeah. to, to yeah, cover totally that. Yeah. Um, so. I suppose it's going to stop time wasters then as well. If there's a if there's a, a fee for learning to use that area, it's going to probably mean it's, it's someone who's more likely to to want to use it properly rather than sure. You know, yeah, and you have to have people do it. The <laughs> if you if you can't you know understand the rules or you know understand how to safely use it, you definitely have to have someone come in and you know chaperone suggest that you <laughs> take the class again or you know maybe find a different place to work but, 
complicated for sure. It is, and there's the danger, of course, that is that the the person doing the instruction isn't necessarily doing things in a safe way because this is the way we've always done it. Yeah, right. Because I I remember I mean kind of go clicking back on the climbing thing. I can remember I was uh, I think about nineteen years old. Um, I'd been at university. I was in the climbing club. I was. I was a safe climber, and you knew my stuff to sort of do things safely. Yeah, I'd had a, I was I was climbing regularly, you know, multiple times a week, and I think it was the summer holidays. It might have been kind of one of the kind of term breaks. I'd gone home to Wales, and I'd kind of offered to help out with a uh, a climbing day for a local scout group. My dad was still involved with. And there were a couple of us that were both, I think there were about three of us that had come back kind of from university to help out. And there was the kind of, the guy leading it was the, yeah, supposed to be the expert. And he kind of sort of set something up and did it in a quite dangerous way. And when it, it we didn't have an accident, but we, we kind of got a bit close. There was a, a sling came undone, which yeah could have, if that had happened when it was loaded, could have been, could have been nasty. And he started to have a go at us, the, these you know, these young guys, and saying, so, you know, yeah, it was perfectly fine when I put it up there and whatever. And it was just like, whoa, no, you, you didn't have, you know, if you, if you tie your own front. slings, yeah, if you tie your own slings, <laughs> you need to make sure that the ends are secure because a tape knot in a sling, in a webbing, piece of webbing, will slip. It's not a secure knot if left un unchecked but it's fairly easy to just tape the ends together if you tape the ends together they won't slip it's just a case of if it's if the ends are left loose with repeated loading and unloading a a, a, a web sling a tape knot will will loosen and that's why kind of if you buy a, a sling they're normally stitched yeah, you don't knot them, you stitch them okay. because it's much stronger and it's it's all secure. Mm-hmm. And it was this case of like, yeah, he yeah, he'd been climbing for years and was supposed to be the expert and he'd set it all up and because it wasn't quite right, he tried to blame us. And I was like, No, you, yeah, these aren't yeah, I mean, I kind of sort of bit back because I wasn't gonna be blamed for something that wasn't my fault. And so, yeah, these these ends need to be secured and they're not secured. And these are your slings and you set it up. For it's your fault. I was like, well, it was fine when I set it up, and he, he, he had quite a huff about it because he wasn't used to kind of people kind of arguing him back. But there's, I think there there can be a situation where if there are people who've been doing things in a certain way for a long time and have not had any serious accidents, that they can kind of take an attitude of, well, this is the way this is the way to do it. If you do it my way, you'll be fine, even though right. it's obviously works, yeah. not a safe way. Yeah. Well, that's the whole, you know, it, uh, it keeps the tigers away. You know, it's that, that whole thing yeah. of, um, you know, if, you, if you've got that, that, that talisman there that keeps the tigers away, then, you know, the fact that tigers haven't appeared, then therefore it, right. it must work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's entirely what the beard's for. All right. Well, that's the beard. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps the gremlins away. i got to work on mine. So. Yeah. 
I remember there was sure. discussion. There was discussion in one of the woodworking UK woodworking groups on Facebook a couple of years ago, and it it was somebody saying when they'd been to college that basically the kind of the the guy the instructor who kind of you know time served had been you know, in the trade for decades, mm. and he was missing a finger or or, t or two, and it was just like, hang on, you're you're trying to tell me how to do things safely but you're you're missing a finger <laughs> so you know he has whoever, experience whoever it was yeah whoever it was was like it wasn't a case of yeah i lost a finger don't do what i did because it was more a case of oh well yeah if, if you don't lose a finger you're not a proper whatever it was right it was like oh a status God. to have it was yes yeah, a status symbol of yeah i'm time served i have lost a finger rather than that's the badge of honor yeah. No, no. It's <laughs> not great. How stupid can you be? If you if you if yeah. you're missing a finger, and it was a result of something that you still continue to do, and you're teaching other people that this is okay to lose a finger. Like, not an industry I want to be in. Thank you very much. Yeah, that, that's where there's. Um, some people have that argument against things like uh, source stop, don't they? You know that the, the um, well, I suppose in much the same way that people have the same argument against like seat belts and anti-lock brakes. You know, of like uh, they the safety features remove that fear, so you become more complacent, so you're more likely to be less safety conscious because you think the thing's going to fix it for you if you make a silly mistake you're going to be okay so you're more likely to make a silly mistake in that kind of sense does that make i'm, I'm not yeah. words probably but yeah it's not, you know. it's, it's not a great argument um if you're i mean there's people who are if you're complacent you're gonna be complacent with or without it but yeah you know I, i'm you know i pay attention every time i turn on a table saw because just big scary loud can imagine what the, yeah and you can just see what's happening so but uh yeah and the same thing i've used airbags analog brakes seat belts many times you know more than once <laughs> so yeah, i appreciate very nice to have <laughs> i appreciate them because <laughs> in with driving it's simple because you are always aware because everybody else is out there with you so yeah if yeah. you're by yourself then you might Point, get complacent yeah. but if there's other cars um <laughs> you're always paying attention especially if you've ever interacted with any other humans uh, in in the normal world uh, yeah and realize that quite a large number of them are very unsafe generally <laughs> to be around <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> put them behind two so. tons of vehicle and uh... right <laughs> yeah 100%. engage first gear on car disengage brain that seems to be <laughs> yeah not an uncommon <laughs> approach in in yeah, sort of some of the driving Sometimes. to me <laughs> I mean, talking about but there's, there's quite a few. Uh, how should we call them? Uh, young mothers in Range Rovers locally who think that because the Range Rover's got you know half a dozen, if not more, airbags per side, that they don't need to wear their seatbelts as well, because oh. they seem to kind of think oh, I'm in a Range Rover. It's a big tough vehicle, and I don't need to wear seatbelts. Whoever, the, whoever else is in the crash is going to come off worse anyway because the yeah. car is you know their car is bigger and stronger and heavier and yeah yeah half liter true. engine under the bonnet so. and 
I mean, I'll be honest, I used to think about that when I was in my uh, my knackered old 1988 Golf. You know, everyone right. else's brakes are better than mine, so why bother use them? <laughs> everyone else will stop before, my, before I do. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm going to take that gap because everyone else will be fine. <laughs> right. So, I'll have to remember that if I come to England. Uh, watch out for Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I mean, a, a, a nice, fancier, safer car with you know actual yeah. working brakes and actual brakes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, being used cars, brakes do work. I think. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I try to try to make sure they work. It's uh, important part. Yeah, yeah. If I, uh, I used to have car. Last but one car. Oh, the, car before the last one I had had uh, a tendency for one of the brake calipers it happened multiple times even after kind of work uh, brake caliper would seize on that's not great so I mean, there was once I was going around a roundabout this is actually the first time it kind of realised there was an issue I went around this roundabout and I kind of I think there may have been a little bit of oil it was near an industrial estate as well so there may have been a bit of oil on the road I'm going around the roundabout. Luckily, there was no one else around. Then I ended up facing into the roundabout on the opposite side from where I started from. Oh, no. So basically, because it was the driver's side front wheel. So I basically span the rest of the car around on that wheel. It's like, what happened there? Oh, this is not good. Unpredictable, yeah. Talking yeah. about the brake calipers sticking on, though, that, that was a, a perfect example of my, uh, you know, whenever anyone said about me being a complete gadget freak and why why the hell do you need a thermal imaging camera on your phone? There was a, a, a fantastic smell coming out the back of my car and I couldn't work out where oh, it was no. from. <laughs> but being able to go around with the thermal camera and work out which was the incredibly hot brake disc, right. I could then go, that's the broken one. There you go. I mean, the, the the smoke coming out of that wheel helped. Yeah, the smoke. You know, it was it was, <laughs> it was glowing, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was well over hundred sure. degrees. Yeah, it was, it was about one hundred and seventy yeah. degrees. I think it hit. It was, it was toasty. Wow. That that happened once on a, a, a group of kids out on a an expedition, and we were coming down a, this quite steep hill. Uh, for anyone that knows it, off the side of Oakhampton in, in on Dartmoor. And there was a car in front, and so we're kind of going down this hill, and the kind of car just in front of us. We're thinking, "Crikey, that car's put a bit of a stink out." And then halfway down the hill, the car turns off, and the stink doesn't go away. All right. Uh-oh. So I say, to, I say to the sort of the guy who's driving, I said, um, "There was a pub at the bottom of the hill. So just pull into the pub car park." So I dive out the the side of the minibus to see plumes of smoke coming out of the near side front wheel. I was like, I'm like, I, luckily in, in, on the seat next to me, I had a hydration bladder uh, with probably still a couple of litres of, of water in it. So I kind of grabbed that and I'm using, I'm squeezing the hydration bladder and using the kind of nozzle as a, as a kind of a make-do fire extinguisher. Because as soon as you goodness. start doing that, it's just like plumes of steam everywhere. Steam, yeah. And it's like, oh poop that 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 was kind of uh, that was the start of a nightmare to be honest it, it kind of 
it was not a good thing. He's got a bunch of kids in the car, in the, in the minibus. We've got this minibus now that we can't use. We had another bunch of kids that were on the other side of the, the moor um, waiting for camping. And it was like, right, let's get the, let's get the, um, there's a recovery sort of number. Let's, let's, let's bring that out and get them out. This was like Saturday night. Oh no. It's about, yeah, it's about eight o'clock on a Saturday night. So we get the kind of the pull and it's dark because it was, I think it was March. So we kind of pull out the kind of pack and there's no number. Eventually we find a phone number, we phone that and that number doesn't work. So we, we end up kind of sort of trying to phone eventually we get something it was just like complete nightmare of a kind of slight oh it's a kind of a teacher it was it was a school trip so it's like it was a sort of teacher in charge it's like what right. else could possibly go wrong i don't know as long as you don't lose any of the kids it's all good yeah, this is I true. Mean, yeah, you just need the same you know. the same number of people as you. Yeah, the same with. number. It doesn't even. <laughs> well, a, a, a little tip here: if you're ever involved in kind of education or, or kind of youth, apparently parents like to get their own kid back most the of the same time. one. Oh, yeah, yes. that they send out. Do, do all parents like? To, I sorry, can, I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to comment on that one. Right. <laughs> I can imagine there's a few most. who would be quite happy to get someone else's kid back instead. Not if they're, if they're better behaved, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it, uh, yeah, it, yeah, we didn't lose a kid. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that happen. I had to get police out. That's not oh, a good goodness. one either. Wow. Yeah. Save that one for another time. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a good story, that one. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I, yeah, I've told you that one, I think, Jamie, haven't you? You've heard that yeah, one. Yeah, right. that, was, that, was, that was a scary one as well. That's an after show story. <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you've how long have you been around the maker community? Because I, I know you were active in the maker community before we kind of interacted, which is it's gonna be a, um, a few years ago. Let's now. see. Is this you so, made it into an introduction here, Andy? No, 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 none of that. Well, well almost before <laughs> Two nearly three quarters nearly three quarters of an hour in. It's it's kind of no. can't time my segues perfectly. I'm not Steve. Right, um, so make they just had the fifth anniversary of making it 100, and that was 2015. So I probably discovered everybody 20 like maybe 2013, 2014. I don't know exactly, but uh, yeah. So I you started. OG then, yeah. Uh, well, I was watching YouTube videos. I wasn't really doing much else because um, there was. I didn't hadn't found any Facebook groups or any other thing. So until making it 100, I hadn't met anybody or really. Um, so that kind of was a big turning point to meet all those people and then get on Instagram because Instagram is so much easier to share your work. You don't have to try to you don't have to make a video. Mm -hmm. Just make a take a picture and yeah, you yeah. know eventually you can you know you know you can get a discussion around that. So. That's the main. Uh, so that definitely was a big change. <laughs> it was doing Instagram. Definitely. So when did you when did you dive onto Instagram? Um, so it was probably yeah, probably around twenty fifteen. I you know I have I have to go look, but so, so it, probably you, like the beginning of that year. Were you at the make the making it one hundred event? Then? Yes. Yeah, I did go to that because it was um, luckily it was really close to me. So it was in Boston. So I'm. I'm in New York, so it's about 
three hours and I actually was doing work with um a, a someone that's like was right around the corner from where the event was uh-huh. so I was able to arrange a trip and go out there do some work and then spend the rest of the weekend at the event so it's cool because that, that was the one that was held at the converse factory was it a converse place? yeah i don't know if it's the factory or it's the corporate headquarters so mm-hmm. but yeah it was really oh, that's crazy that was 2015 I, I remember when that i remember when they were organizing that yeah god so it's a worrying thing so far back right <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, and they they've been talking about <laughs> doing another one, but they haven't uh, got around to it yet. But there's a uh, plenty of other events. So that's going to say they're at they're at three hundred. Hard to. Though? Yeah, to yeah, some, somewhere over it, I think. But so we'll see, maybe five hundred. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that would we're, we're trying to catch them up. Yeah. Yeah, it's that thing though. If, unless they stop, we're not going to. Right. Just, yeah. Just defeat this talk, and we'll get there eventually. Well, we could go daily. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think people have enough trouble keep getting through the, the ones we put out. So far. we might have to keep them yeah. to like three hours. <laughs> we make no promises, Dave. Isn't it? Isn't, uh, isn't it one of the one of the big podcasters does a daily one? Is it like Joe Rogan's do daily? Or I don't listen to uh, it. Yes, yeah, he's just there's some that do. I don't follow anything that's a daily podcast, so no, not, not my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's enough to keep up with all the weekly uh, maker podcasts. So yeah, two two that I religiously do every week, and one that's every fortnight. That's if I manage to catch any others, I manage to catch any others. But yeah. <laughs> I do. I do listen. I listen to a couple that are dailies, but they're. I mean, they're, they're ten minutes at normal speed, so I normally get right. to them. In, and and they. Uh, one of them is uh, Curiosity Daily, so it's just kind of sort of sciencey facts, and about half the show is them kind of telling you these facts and what's interesting about them, and the second half of the show is them sort of summarising what they just told you. So right. I tend to sort of get to, unless I'm kind of walking the dog and it's raining and I don't want to get my phone out, I tend to kind of skip the second half and not really miss much. Yeah. Um, and there's another one. Uh, it's, a, it's a guy that reads blog posts from other people with permission. Oh, um, interesting. So kind of, yeah, this stuff, and he tends to have themes. So Monday is always something about minimalism. And again, they're only... They average four or five minutes when I'm at 1.7 times speed. So those are my only daily ones. So most of the okay. rest are, are weekly, the occasional fortnightly and occasional monthly. So apart from making it, what? Go on, Jerry. I was going to say, how long has it been since uh, Thoughts from the Tinkerage released an episode? Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, all right. <laughs> we get that every week now. That's your. That's your second. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's a, is that. That's the second or third time this week you've mentioned that. You, you're hinting yeah. at something, aren't you? Yeah. I'm missing it. I'm missing it. <laughs> that's interesting. How many of those were? Did you actually record in the Tinkerage though? Uh, 
about four of them, I think. Okay, so a couple. <laughs> most, of them, yeah. most, of them, most of them were from the car. So right, from yeah. the car that's near the Tinker <laughs> yeah. The Tinker Mobile, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cause that's yeah. I think that would. Um, yeah, you never know. Something might happen. It, it, it's the Christmas holiday soon, so we'll see. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, Christmas that reminds special. us, Andy. We've got we've got things to sort. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah, and I haven't actually sorted out any guests for next term. At uh, next term, next year yet. Ever the um, teacher, still school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't get away. Yeah, my wife. My wife's a teacher. I've got two kids in school. We have got exam. Exams start tomorrow. For one oh, goodness. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of mock exam. Or they call them now. They called PPEs, pre-public exams. So in my day, they were called mock exams. But right now, with the uh, certainly with the coronavirus, the last few years, every opportunity to examine kids is used as an opportunity to collate evidence that can be used to establish a grade. If you can't do real exams at the end of the year, right? So, uh, there's a bit more pressure, um, a bit more pressure on the kids to sort of do well on them. Right, because uh, typically it would be like this is the practice exam, but now it's a. Might be, yeah. We don't. We're not sure. Well, this, yeah. I mean, yeah. Certainly, kind of. When I was teaching, many kind of sort of students would take the attitude of, or you get you get this after you kind of marked it and said, "Yeah, I didn't do any revision, sir, because I wanted to see what I actually knew." <laughs> Rather than kind of yeah, do some revision. You might know more. Just uh, just right, yeah, somehow it's gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> magically appear. Right. It, it's, then, it's an indicator of how much revision you need to actually do for the main exam. You, know, you don't want to you don't want to revise too much and learn too much if you only want that passing grade. Right. Do ten percent revision <laughs> instead of fifty percent revision. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't you can't interact. Yeah, you can't miss out on social life. Right. Well, I I can't um, comment on that type of activity. I didn't do a lot of that. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> so yeah, we didn't have many mock exams in my day either. It was just like right at the end of the year, that no. was it. If I don't, yeah, I can't. I yeah, we did. We didn't do anywhere near as many exams as they no. do now. When I was in school, there wasn't as much pressure yeah. on the on everything, was there? It was just oh, you, you've gone through school. That's close enough. You know, it's not. Yeah, like that's a, a, well. That's what I did. <laughs> Yeah, the way it is now, the the being, you know, it's, it's it's much more granular, isn't it, for finding out exactly, you know, what you know, or which bits of the exams you can answer. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly into, uh, into long, long, lengthy topics. That... I do remember, I had one. Uh, this was like my Western, whatever Western civilization class, and college and the teacher said okay here's a you know a practice exam and they went through the practice all the questions and then the next week we had the exam is the exact same questions i don't <laughs> need to read the questions i could just be like oh a b yeah it was crazy yeah was i've up, heard everybody... of that sort of thing being a few yeah a few so times. i think they kind of they were close to retirement maybe i'm not sure <laughs> he definitely had lost the passion of I've, I've, I've known I've known things like that happen in this country in, yeah. in, in, happening in school I taught at 
for a little while. I left that school because of things like that. We, we had so, a, a maths teacher would give us um, it was an A4 sized piece of paper just with 60 questions on it. And it was all, you know, really, really simple, uh, you know, just half times a quarter or, uh, you know, two times five, just just really, really simple stuff that everyone knew. Um, right. But, it, you know, it was, it was not an exhaustive test, but we were given 60 questions and given five minutes. And he basically just said, do as many as you can in that time frame. And then the next week we were given exactly the same paper again. On the same time time frame, and loads of them were like, uh, "Sir, you've given us the same questions as last week." And like, yeah, see if you can get more of them this time. You know, see if you can manage to do all sixty questions. Yeah. And uh, so, what's the, what's the point in doing that? So, well, I've got to get to the point where I can give you this sheet, or a sheet with them all rearranged, and you get one minute to do all sixty questions. Whoa. So that you you can look at the question and know the answer and write the answer. He's like, no, that's not possible, so you can't do that. And then he did it in front of us and we just went, oh. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was it was when the kids started just remembering all the answers uh, in, in order. He had to start then shuffling them around and <laughs> changing the order. Right, of the yeah. Question. Yep, same thing. <laughs> I just, I assume once in, in an exam, a proper public exam, who literally just went, I can't, I can't, I can't remember what she did now. I can't remember this. It was multiple choice, and whether she just went down the A column, so she was finished in like yeah, thirty seconds, yeah. or whether she zigzagged and went A B C D, C B A A B C D. Attractive. She, one, she did yeah. one or the other, and <laughs> and she she got a good grade. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like a top grade, but it yeah, it was a passing grade. Passing. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> got to randomize better. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, I mean, you kind of expect yeah, if you just guess, you could, you should be able to get like twenty five percent. But she got over twenty five percent on a full mark. A full, that says full more about the, the the people setting the questions than it does yeah. about her answering. Yeah. It's like because she's done the. It's just like yeah. Within yeah, less than a minute of the, the the exam starting, she was sat upright, kind of yeah, just looking around, kind of just like you're right, yeah. You, you, no, Had enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. There is, there is an old story of, uh, of something similar that with uh, you know very quick entry to an exam. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know how true it actually is, whether it's completely apocryphal or not. It was a philosophy exam. Where the um, professor came in, placed a chair on top of the desk, says, "You know, using everything you've learned in the, the, the length of this course, tell me why this chair doesn't exist." And after a couple of minutes, one student just sort of walked up to the front, placed the paper down, and walked out. And they, they just sort of looked at the thing and it just said, "What chair?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! Hey. <laughs> 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 Is, is on your list of podcasts and uh, and obviously Makers Waffle and Thoughts on Tinkerage. Any other kind of uh, making podcasts that you like listening to, Dave? Um, mainly these days, I just listen to all the ones that uh, the in the Makers on Zoom having coffee. Everybody's 
got a podcast, so those keep me yeah, busy. Yeah, there are quite a few. Yeah, there seems to be quite a few. Yes, yeah. So we got yeah, uh, podcasts on for the benefit for the benefit of the um, listeners who aren't members of Makers on Zoom having coffee. I think that that's uh, because we make, which is yep. Vincent and Ethan. So Vincent from last week. Uh, right. We've got making our way with. Christy from Twisted Twine, Dean Duplantis, and Austin from High Caliber right. Crafts. Uh, trying to think who the other podcasts are. There's um, did you get the Clamp podcast? Ah, they they'll they'll have a go now because I forgot. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yep. uh, Grant Alexander, who stepped in uh, for He's a, been a on few weeks ago, for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is Clamp with Molly Kurt and Adam Mackey. That's right. Uh, and there was yep, one that Morley stopped, has another... wasn't there? Uh, Morley's got... Uh, Two podcasts, yeah. Yeah. Into the Spotlight. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes, I was on that, so it must be a good one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Episode 11, <laughs> I think. Typically, because oh, it's come in with all the, all the answers for us. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, because we make uh, Clamp, Make Our Way, Makers Figuring It Out, which is on a hiatus, 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 um, and yeah, oh, right. Makers Waffle. Yeah, I've got enough to jot these down, so I'll put them in the... Uh... You probably don't need to put Makers Waffle in the chat. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone has a good uh, comment. He said we should uh, we should recycle the reclaimed audio podcasts. <laughs> well, I think yeah, Tim would very much appreciate that. I think yeah, Tim's yeah, way. gotta reuse those. Yeah, do we do we just overdub exactly what they've said, but just in our voices instead? That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would you pick yeah. to be though, Jamie? Yeah, you. Mr. Lutz, Mr. Yeah. Sway. I think I'd probably have to be Bill. I think, wouldn't I? Because he, he, you know, he's he's famous for being a beady, beady fellow and giving good hugs. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's right. It, it, it's it's interesting how the the number of maker podcasters has, has gone up during kind of I think again coronavirus I think I mean you yes there are a couple that stopped right yeah Makers International stopped Reclaimed Audio stopped uh, both of which have been going for quite a few years but then during yeah, the pandemic during the lockdowns there have been I dare to say dozens of Maker podcasts that have started and I couldn't name them all but I know there's this uh, certainly I think there's several that I listen to now. Um, I'm and playing one catch on. up. One that I'm on, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I've been listening lately to one called Northern Makers, three Northern Makers, which is a yep. guy from Yorkshire and two Swedes, one of whom I think was living in Switzerland, but now has gone back to Sweden, I think. Mm. Um, I've been playing catch up on that, which has been quite a good podcast, kind of woodwork oriented. Yeah. Um, 
nice nice kind of sort of set of banter amongst that uh, there's yeah there's quite a few there's there's wait yeah there's so many in in every type of making you know if you want to have a blacksmith podcast there's dozens um yeah. Yeah, i guess that's probably the other new one i'm listening to is two-thirds focus of course that's a yeah good podcast. Yep. We, we discussed and, uh, earlier that there's kind of like the um obviously you know fills of tools being the 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 one that a lot of us have uh have come from and how right. a lot of us know each other um you know they're, they're kind of the, the offshoot of of fools starting podcasts and stuff and uh yeah there's, there's that kind yep. of like holy trinity of of Maker's Waffle, two-thirds focused, and for tools just slinging crap at each other every week. Oh, right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always the, yeah, you have to pay attention. To yeah, I mean, there's got to be a Rasmus references every week. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, let's, let's, get, let's get the yeah, uh, everybody slinging, Rasmus, crap, crap slinging right. It's mostly crap slinging at Rasmus, poor guy. Yeah, every podcast. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he, he thoroughly deserves every bit of it because he's, he's actually just a wonderful person, but... Yeah, he seems so nice. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Steve calls me a dick almost every week on Fills of Tools, so you know it's that's true. You know, it, it, we're just passing it on. Steve calls everybody. That's what Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Fills of Tills cinematic universe. The Fills of Tills. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I'm part of that now. Um, so great. <laughs> and you, you were, um, you've been to the both of the maker camps at. Yeah, the Catskill Black, Mountain Maker Ca Camp. Catskill yeah. Mountain, I was going to say sort of black something, but yeah, Catskill Mountain Maker right. Camp. So I mean that 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 seems. To, I mean, certainly, it it from what I see, it's the kind of thing I think. Yeah, I'd love to go to something like that. I'd love to go to that one. Uh, yeah, for sure. If you could, ever, if it would happen, uh, but... make it work. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely great. I mean, how did you, I mean, how did you find those? I mean, was the you know, second time a lot easier than the first time? Did you? How many people did you know the first time? Um, I'm trying to think. I knew. I didn't. I hadn't met most of the people, but I had. You know, I met a lot of people who I talked to on Instagram from Fools of Tools and a bunch of, you know, other. So I met a lot of people that time. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I knew, obviously, a lot of the people who came back the second time, so I knew a lot more. Um, but still, I still met so many new people. Um, but, and, but yeah, just a lot. I met so many people over the last year online from uh, makers on Zoom having coffee and uh, on the clubhouse. There's there's a bunch of people who all gravitated around the in the shop room in clubhouse, and so a lot of those people um, showed up at Maker Camp. So that was a lot of fun to get to meet a lot of them in person. So it did look like such an awesome time at Maker Camp. The, the most recent one. Well, I mean, they did. Yeah. They all do, but it just with That's how great. Yep. that one was. But mm -hmm. oh, especially just... with the the, the the kind of sort of dinosaur fire. Yeah, at the end. yeah, that was that was something special. <laughs> just looked like it was just big, massive beaming smiles from everyone. But like far too much yep. fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's just I mean, you just have to get a bunch of uh, you know creative people in a field 
and uh, they'll figure something out. They'll have fun. <laughs> you know, that's all you need. Just, yeah. Here's some tools. Here's some materials. Need grass and a couple tools, and <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it out. So. Yeah, I suspect I suspect there's a little bit more to it than that. I think, mean, yeah, yeah. Um, having the I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the facility they've got there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because they, they are experts at holding events. So everything that surrounds the event, you know, is taken care of. And if you have just a bunch of volunteers doing that who don't have experience, it's going to be a lot more difficult, you know. So I think Maker Central is basically as organized. They have an organization there that kind of figured that out, I think. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think I think it's a different type of event, though. It's a different event, but still, mm. it's um, I, I mean, I cats. Yeah, I mean, the, the maker <laughs> camp. You've got that element of the, everyone going is kind of going to. Yes, you've got people who've said, "But well, I'm going to I'm going to run a, a tent or help run a right. tent with mm -hmm. a pile of anvils in." Oh, I'm going to yeah. run a tent with some power carving. So you've got sure. those kind of people who've volunteered to do things but i think because then the the punters that are coming along are all kind of makers they're not quite it's not just kind of sort of essentially members of the general public they tend right. to be kind of connected together in making and the maker community you've got obviously new people who turn up who maybe are just that's true new to the maker community but there is that element of it's turn up have some beers sit around a fire chatting go and smash some metal hot metal on an anvil go and do a bit of power carving go and make something with leather make some pine wood derby cars let's just kind of get yeah. your hands on <laughs> right and yeah i think, I think I that's yeah, go on. yeah the difference is that almost everybody who comes there makes something um, like a Maker Fair or something, there's going to be a lot of people who are just interested in the robots or just like seeing what's there. It's, uh, you know, it's like a county fair with robots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Maker Camp is almost exclusively people who make something and they have, you know, and they want to learn how to, maybe they, you know, then they're going to learn how to sew or weld or, yeah, blacksmith or do something new. But yeah, but they usually had some sort of creative outlet already. You know, yeah, so. of course. Yeah, I, I think that's where Mega Central's perhaps uh, sits in between almost because that, that's a mm -hmm. lot of um, a lot of the, the makers sharing skills as well as hanging out. But then there's a lot of um, you know people who are just there to see an experience as well. You know, it's kind of right similar to the maker. Well, you get you get those people who are turning up because they just want to see that famous YouTuber that is on the TV and it's going to. Yeah. That they watch and maybe right. are inspired by but don't necessarily make yeah they're, they're inspired yeah. by making but they don't necessarily do making i mean i can think of uh, there's uh, some people who jump into my mind who i now consider friends who make a central in 2018 uh sorry 2019 was their their entryway into making yeah they literally yeah you know, turned up wanted to see some interesting things saw some interesting things 
and then basically spent a lot of money getting some tools and stuff so they could ex- and you know, joining the maker community <laughs> you know, by walking away with a, a huge bunch of boxes well theoretical boxes because what they have got into wasn't just something you walk away with but you know they've, right. they've kind of joined the maker community as a result of maker central rather than mm. being makers and then getting into um yeah the events so i think there's that kind of there's that public i think it's, it's more open to the public so you get a right. wider range of people some of whom aren't makers yeah yeah and, uh, they're literally people just turning up to kind of go yeah i regularly go to things at the nec to see interesting things and this will look like yeah, an interesting one to go to mm-hmm. yeah well, like um right. like tom was just saying there about the you know the supernatural convention and the vape convention and then there was the the fitness power expo and things like that sure so, you know, it was uh i mean it, that, that was the fun game when we uh, I can't it was the first year or the second year of Mega Central, where they had the, um, the, the the vaping conference there, and um, <laughs> you'd, ha- you'd you'd step out of the out of the convention into kind of the you know the, the corridors, the foyer, sort of out the front, and you'd we, people were playing the game of like you know is that a a vapor or a maker because you know, <laughs> they were it was quite often just you know big white dudes with beards you're right there <laughs> trying to work out whether they were going whether they were walking towards maker central or vapor central sort of thing you know <laughs> which one are they going to go in yeah yeah 2019 also had the uh, the fitness one as well didn't it so they were yeah the body power expo very muscly those you could tell who they were <laughs> guys yeah yeah there's no mistaking yeah we've got people walking around with kind of yeah, legs the size of most people's Sort of wastes, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yep. It's like... yeah, that, oh, that was, that was the fun battle in the in the hotels. You know, the uh, and the going for the breakfast in the morning, and sort of like trying to trying to fight your way through to, to try and get the, the hotel breakfast. And you know, it's, it's all self service, so the guys just like loading up just stacks of breakfast. <laughs> yeah, the bodybuilders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fifteen eggs, seventeen <laughs> slices of bacon. <laughs> Yeah, you can't have the yogurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. find all the stuff they can't have. Yeah. What was the food situation at, at Maker Camp? Because that's something I because um, there's bits. Yeah. From what I've seen at Maker Camp, I've I've seen a lot of the 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 making stuff. You see the kind of people going around, sort of. Yeah, there's the occasional people like going around the yeah walking around the tents and kind of you're seeing people that you know and you you know some you're seeing people that you know of and you right. know, obviously there's a lot of coverage this year of of um wesley's uh and, and michael and the other guys you know, yep. giant, giant burning mm-hmm. the dinosaur. dinosaur but sure. we, we don't get really to see or hear about kind of the other stuff because I, I know some people camp there's some cabins some people stay in hotels off yeah there's What's the? I mean, yep. what, you know, what's the? And what's the food situation? So, um, yep, they have. A, it's a resort of a type, so they have a. You know, they have a dining room. So they have breakfast and dinner. Um, if you if you buy that, you know, the pass that includes the food, and then they just have a, like a you know like a a bar and a snack bar uh, that's outside that they have for lunch. 
Um, and there's actual in the you know in the main building. There's a there's actually just a regular bar that they have live music and stuff there. So oh nice. It's um yeah it's improvisational you know so <laughs> I a, a good majority of people just eat in the dining room you know for dinner it's, and that's great because you get to you can go and find a bunch of new people and you know you find a table and sit down and meet a bunch of people that way over mm-hmm. your meal and so but and you know a lot of people some people go to you know go there's you know there's places around that people can go to get you know dinner or breakfast or whatever so but it's uh yeah i guess it's i think it's more common in america for people to go out for breakfast than it is sort of in the uk i mean there are places you can breakfast right but it's 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 not so common i don't think yeah so. I, don't know. I think it's just a, a different sort of thing isn't it you know there's quite a few cafes doing breakfast and stuff it's it's uh it's reasonably Reasonably packed, but yeah, I mean, I think yep. that, uh, uh, probably one of those things that probably changes with location. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much any place that has coffee will have a, you know, donuts or egg sandwich or you know something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something you can so. eat with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. That yeah, this country mm-hmm. as well. So I suppose yeah, yeah. the coffee, the, the growth I mean, of the coffee some... shop over the last couple of decades. Right. Because he yeah. actually changing the way people people eat and and kind of you know, rush off to work and literally grab a coffee from Right. Yeah. You know, Costa yeah. or Starbucks and mm-hmm. it's because Dave Gorman uh, is a comedian over here. He was uh, lamenting of um you know that the, the prevalence of the coffee industry in the UK has has ruined the tea industry. Because historically, what you'd have had is, you know, a a way of boiling water, so you could make tea, and then our coffee was always absolutely awful, you know, powdered instant rubbish that would. All right. Yeah. You'd go and get a really good (laughs) cup of tea somewhere, but not Mm -hmm. a really good coffee. And then over time, they've switched to having coffee machines, so now you can get a really good cup of coffee, but if you try and get a cup of tea, you're just basically given a tea bag and a mug of nearly nearly boiling water mm. you know you have to then you know and it's he was sort of uh, lamenting you figure it out yourself it. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you know it's, it's like by all these people who like coffee they, they've got what they want but all the people who used to always enjoy tea now can't get a good cup of tea anywhere yeah they, they lost <laughs> the craft of making uh, tea that's interesting absolutely yeah so mind you, mind you having had kind of British rail tea in the in the long distance past the loss of the kind of giant steel teapot with kind of yeah 500 tea bags rammed into it yeah, <laughs> yeah that you could literally almost stand your spoon up in the tea because it was so stewed I, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing oh sure <laughs> yeah if the tea that trolley was... has a has a nozzle like a like a bar tap then yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing we talked about um, is having someone come in and make some fancy coffee for a make you know next maker camp to <laughs> oh, cool. just get a full barista. Setup. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, have a, someone with a there must be a truck, a coffee truck or something that can come to just make things a little more interesting. 
but there was coffee. We uh, we all survived. <laughs> I was going to say, can people survive without coffee? I think most people right. can't. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I, no not after I, uh, staying up until three or four, you know, <laughs> chatting with your friends. So. <laughs> but, but that depends on what time you start again in the morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah, some people start, you know, nine or o'clock or so. So some people don't. <laughs> but yeah, if we, it's we a, any any of those kind of things, you don't plan on getting too much sleep. Yeah, you, you catch up after the fact, you know. Right. Yeah. Have, a, have a couple of days in bed to to recover. Yep. <laughs> Refill that sleep debt. Exactly. Yeah, there's a uh, a festival that we go to every year. Um, me and the family. And uh, it's it's quite common for the music to be still blasting out sort of four or five o'clock in the morning, and then because we're camping in the in the family areas, then you've got the families up at six or seven o'clock in the morning. So it's <laughs> it's goodness. that kind of battle of you know you, you drift off at whatever time you fall asleep, and then you you kind of you wake up a few times throughout the night, and you can still hear music, and then you drift off again, and then you wake up and you can hear babies crying. Pass out again, and then you wake up and you can hear music <coughs> again. And then there's people making <laughs> breakfast. So, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's totally yeah, busy, uh... busy campsite. So, yeah, not not a uh, yeah, not conducive that... to long lines, are they? Oh no. god, no. no, no. Very good for naps in the afternoon, though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, catch up when you can. Sure. I used to find on camping trips with kind of the uh, Duke of Edinburgh Award type things uh, for the benefit of people not in the UK. Duke of Edinburgh Award uh, was a scheme established in the 50s or 60s, I can't remember, uh, by uh, the late uh, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, as a, a means of giving young people in primarily in, in sort of inner cities uh, but it's it's spread across the country opportunities to develop skills in uh, things like doing service uh, so helping say with a charity uh, learning skills uh, doing sports and an expedition so actually sort of getting outdoors and kind of there's yeah. there's three levels bronze silver gold and for the expedition you kind of go from one night to two nights to three nights and with a, a, an increasing distance so you kind of start with I think it's 16 miles up for the bronze up to 50 miles minimum for the gold wow. so kind of just as you kind of was actively involved in that for many many years and you'd kind of yeah it'd be quite interesting particularly on the multiple night ones if you were kind of sort of doing the training because when when they're doing their actuals they're supposed to kind of be essentially self-sufficient so particularly with gold you kind of that's the one where you kind of go right we'll stay in a youth hostel in a nice yeah, nice comfy beds and you'll be camping and we'll just check that you've got to the campsite okay and there's no problems <laughs> and we leave you overnight to deal with things but it was kind of interesting kind of how on the first night people would kind of be up and about till you know quite late so you'd kind of have to be kind of threatening to you know, pull their guys out of their tents to shut them up particularly if it's a public campsite, but it's the risk of keeping other people awake. And then by kind of the, 
the second night they'd be so exhausted from having carried all their stuff <laughs> particularly yeah. if it had been wet at like you know, eight o'clock and there'd be like silence because they're all asleep right but I think yeah it's I think the idea of staying up late I mean make it central I mean I think I mean I I went to bed quite early compared to most I think there were people still going at five in the morning one year people were <laughs> yeah. talking about goodness yeah and because it was hotel hotel bar basically would keep serving as as long as they were punters willing to pay right Uh, yep there were some very very hungover people the next day (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's that that time of the podcast where we referenced dr multi you know that that was oh (laughs) (laughs) sorry what were you gonna say then dave I was going to say, at the camp, you can, you know, provide your own beverages as well. So ah, it never has to close, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, and the James usually make brings his own, doesn't he? <laughs> he brings a... He does, yeah. Historically? Well, the, 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 the two times we've had it so far, he's, he's, um, he's brought some of his some of his brew. Yeah. So, yeah. You can always tell who's... Um, who spent a night, you know, kind of in and around close proximity to James. <laughs> some some very, very heavy hangovers. <laughs> Certainly if it was yeah, extended time, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite it, 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 it was quite funny in a way because of course, you know, the, the hotel bar would be very unhappy if he were to turn up with a you know, supply of his own beer. Right, um, exactly, yeah. And yeah, obviously you couldn't do that in an open bar, so you'd be it would potentially have to if you were going to do something like that it potentially would have to end up in a, a room right. and then of course there'd be kind of you know, whispers going around of you yeah, need to go up to you know, room 232 and yeah, knock right. on the door seven times <laughs> as long yeah. as you had the passcode you had the passcode yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that makes sense Bit like a speak, yeah, sort of a speakeasy, prohibition yeah. speakeasy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And because the problem with some of that as well, it, it, yeah, that sort of thing, I can imagine would possibly attract people who would then turn up also with additional bottles of liquor. So yeah, as well as having kind of pints of whatever might have been brewed, there would be right. people passing around kind of yeah bottles of yeah single malt or brandy. Tequila or, or other things, whatever. Because, yeah, they want to contribute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Come on, just <laughs> right. Well, it, with Maker Central, it, is that something that you're going to you're going to venture over this way to, uh, to come and give it a try? Um, I definitely want to do that. I'm not sure how that's going to work yet, but I would love to do that because. I, there's a lot of people that I need to uh, to meet that ha- you know, and it's, it's not fair to make everybody fly over <laughs> to meet me. So <laughs> have to. Um... I mean, it's it's much easier for you doing it that way, of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, From our point but, of view, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't uh, haven't met you guys. I need to. I haven't met Al yet from Fools of Tools, so that would definitely be a highlight. So. <laughs> Have you met Steve? 
Uh, yep. Yeah, Steve was at the first maker camp because he was he was of course uh, yes at like one of the classes. Yes, he was. Yeah, Jimmy's. So he made it, and uh, Steve has Steve has done a couple of the classes. I think was yeah. Al did go for one. He did, and I didn't. Well, I didn't get to make go to the class. So. Yeah. <laughs> but if he ever comes back for one, I will try to make that happen. So because. Definitely, um, someone you need to meet. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I know we, we, you know, as much as we slate fools with tools, the, you know, they are they are pretty alright dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, did you get involved in the treasure trade this year? Uh yes, yep, yeah, I did. Um, you should know this, Andy. Yeah, then you uh, follow the segue. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he totally remembered. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got, got an amazing. I've got, uh, I've got a list on the computer. I could look it up, but you, yeah, right. That's boring. That would be a very but, poor segue. We, we have no, to. Yeah, we have to. It. It's not a segue unless you blunder point through it, it and point it out. What it is. <laughs> have to make it. Up. Then it's the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was very challenging. Uh, I. Made a bunch of mistakes and making my gift for person I, I had, but uh, made it work and I actually got it shipped out at the last second on the deadline, so that was good. And uh, that that makes two yeah. thirds of us in this room. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Yeah, I'll keep quiet. Yeah, at point. yeah. If you have connections, you can. Uh, you, I hear you can get a, a pass. <laughs> Well, well when, when you, yeah, when you intimately know the person who's negotiating the extensions, it's yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> doesn't make life easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it'll yeah. be there before and, Christmas. That's <laughs> great. Christmas. Yeah, it was. It was. I think. Yeah, the deadline got pushed up quite a bit this year, just to give people more time to um, let the postal service, you know, do their thing. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. But, did you do? Did you try something new? Because that, that seems to be something that a lot of people do. You know, they use the treasure trade as an excuse to try new techniques or make it something they've not made before, or use different materials or things like that. Um, sort of, not quite. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, it was it was pretty tricky. So, um, but I did do. I combined a bunch of different things to uh, to make it. So I did a a linoleum. Uh, print and then I combined that with like a watercolor and then I built the frame and everything for it um so I kind of combined a whole bunch of different things together to uh <laughs> into the fantastic it, it, we found like in in chatting to people over like mm -hmm. what, four years it's been going now treasure trade yeah three I think this is the fourth Oh, it's three or four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the right. It's the fourth. This is the fourth year. Yeah, this is the fourth, yeah. Goodness. And, and yeah. it seems to have been. I mean, it, obviously, there's a reason why it's gone on this long. Is, is there's always this hugely positive response from people. Um, right. But so many people have been like, oh, yeah, I tried I tried making this thing I've never made before. Or I tried. You know, it was a good excuse to try this this new material or try this new tool or try this technique. Yeah. Or, yep. It's. it's uh, yeah, like, so yeah, like combining year. a load of stuff as well is. Yep. 
So I think I cut yep. you off. Then you were about to say something about last year. Oh yeah, last year I I did try something sort of new. Yeah, because I made the leather book, uh, and that was um, that took forever. Uh, <laughs> it was a great learning experience, and I think that's why I was less I was more hesitant to try a totally new thing, just because I yeah. I didn't have quite as much time to get it done, and I didn't want to <laughs> get totally in the weeds. But, uh, <laughs> it's still fun. And it's the treasure trade is so great because it's it's more about uh, seeing the person open up the gift that you sent them than you know yeah, too much about you know and obviously every you know you know the gifts you get are great but it's just it's so many people are like <laughs> I don't even care if it shows up as long as the you know I can send something to someone and see uh, their surprise. Yeah, I, th- I think every you know? year so far I, I've I forgot that I was going to be getting a gift as well. Right. So I've been I've been making the gift and I've been so excited yeah. for the for the other person to get their gift and then it, all of a sudden another parcel arrives for me and what? Oh yeah, I'm getting something as well, aren't I? Yeah, that that that, that did happen. Yeah. I think it's not it's nice to I mean I've uh, you know in my desk area that's behind me for those who are watching on the video. Yeah, I've I've got just up there is one of the presents I've received in the past. I've got another one that's there where I keep my sunglasses on. So I've kind of got these, and the one from last year is, is sitting on a little shelf sort of behind my head, so not in, in sight. So, I, yeah, every single day I've got that kind of, yeah, if I'm looking at the clock on the wall, which is the kind of the Marvel shield up there, or, yeah, it, it just constantly there's things going, yeah, somebody made that. And they made that for me. Specifically right. yeah. for you. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a nice feeling to kind of having got that. But it, it, yeah, it's the fact that it's, it is handmade. It's, it's not something that's, I, yeah, I've got, I, yeah, like the, I mean, the, the beer glass that I drink from. Yeah, that was a, mm. a, a Secret Santa, uh, or, yeah, it was a Christmas present type thing. And, yeah. I like this glass. It's I use this glass every day. I like using this glass, and it's kind of a reminder of you know, the guy I used to work with who kind of yeah got that. It, it, it's it's nice, but it's just a glass. And yeah, I know that I could walk into a supermarket, it, yeah, and buy a a, a glass pint it's combination great. box, um, probably without too much difficulty. But yeah, I can't go and buy another one of those. I can't go right. and buy another one of those. Yes, yeah. Somebody else could could make it, or, or it could be remade, but it, it it wouldn't be the same thing. Whereas if I kind of go and get another Doombar glass, yeah, assuming they still make them, of course, yeah, it, it's yeah. another Doombar glass. It's gonna be identical. <laughs> it's the last one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And it's it's nice to have that. Not you can look at every day. You've got something that you can look at and go, that was made with, by somebody thinking about kind of me and the things that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, actually sort of thinking about one of the things I'm enjoying, and, yeah, yes, I am late. Um, yeah, it should go out in the next, I was hoping to do a bit more work on mine today, but I didn't get that time. So hopefully tomorrow and, and day after. So I'm, I'm hoping sort of Tuesday or Wednesday, mine will go out. So I'm not going to say who it is, but apologies. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you like yeah. gift, yeah. Chances yeah. are. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, I'll, I'll give <laughs> you a clue. As, as, well, as well as the thing I've made, there might be something to eat coming with the one that I've made, which might, again, be something that I've made. So, hint right. for somebody. Um, and, yeah, it's actually been... It, 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 in a way, it's, it's quite a challenge to actually sort of think about a person... You've got a limited amount of information about right. things that they like, maybe you know, uh, films or books or TV programs or making types of things that they're interested in. Or, yeah, yeah I, I mean, last, no, year before last, I had um, Carolyn Hintz, Berlin Prop Shop. All I had was black. Shop Berlin. Black. Shop Berlin, sorry, yeah. <laughs> And, and I, I kind of, yeah, that was the kind of the thing is like, what do I make for this amazing artist? Yeah, that's always. And I've got this clue, I've got this clue, black. He's like, he's spending like weeks thinking, right, what can I do? What can I do? Black. What can I do? I've just got black. It's like, but yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it for the one this year. Yeah, there was a number of things were mentioned. And one of them was like, yep no problem with that I, I know that's something I like as well so I can get some right. thought behind that one and there was another thing it was like I've never heard of that at all <laughs> and there were and there, there was I had about for the list of interests and things I had I think there were sort of six or seven things listed and right. like the first one I knew that well second one not a clue never heard of it third one Yep, I, I know something about that one. The fourth one was fine, and then there was another couple that was like, uh, "Nope, don't know anything about those." <laughs> and so you kind of got to spend time researching and kind of going, "Right, what is there something I can do with this? Is there something that stands out in these right. particular things of interest? These items, mm. these elements of pop culture. Is there something that can be made or hinted towards or whatever that kind of fits in for that person?" Also, I just kind of you know, just make something with their name on the front. Right. Um, yep. You always well, can go back to that. <laughs> well, like, okay, that this that, is my specialty. Yeah. That's a good question, isn't it? Because, like, um, I mean, not only is my my fool has received the the gift, but they've been in the chat as well. Um, and I I didn't pick out any of the like the pop culture things that they're interested in or any of that. I I sort of took a look at. I mean, it's someone I know anyway. So I, I took a look at it. It helps when their that work. is the case, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and things mm. that you know mean a lot to us both mutually as well. And sure, you know, did some did some leatherwork carving because leatherwork is something that they're they're also interested in. So I was like, well, it's a it's a good opportunity to kind of it's a, you know it's it's an ode to their work as well. Uh, you know, some of their artwork right. and and mm. things as well. But you know, it's whether or not that was the right approach. You know, maybe something related to their, you know, their, their interest might have been better. Or I suppose it's it's, it's always open to uh, to interpretation. I suppose, and, and with right. Caro just putting putting black down, I suppose that's that, that gives you all the scope. <laughs> I, don't, I know when I've yeah. filled the form out as well, I've, I've put all sorts of things in for you know, sort of yeah. whatever sprung to mind. But whether that's a, more use or more of a hindrance 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think sometimes... I, th- I think sometimes if there's kind of direction, it can maybe, depending on what it is, it can kind of go, ah, oh, well, that lends itself very easily to that. And it might give an easy option out. The kind of the broad, you know, kind of going, well, I'll just, I'll just have black, makes me kind of sort of something, gives me all the scope. But it, it, I think the best part of the analogy I can use is, like for me, if a car park, if it's empty or mostly empty, <laughs> finding getting a space is the most difficult thing for me i, I will too end up choice. over the line there's too much mm-hmm. choice like do i go there and then i'll end up over the line right yeah whereas if there's like yeah there's there's 10 gaps and they're all spread around yeah i'll just go well the convenient gap that one's next to a walkway so i'll go for that one or that one's kind of yeah a bit closer to where i want to go i'll go there or yeah you kind of it's easy to make those choices when there's kind of maybe less freedom right but when is it like for me when there's a car park and it's kind of if you give me a completely empty car park i'm likely to end up messing up parking the first time because it's <laughs> too much choice right or maybe i'm just a rubbish driver i don't know <laughs> yeah who knows <laughs> if you're not parked across three spaces are you really doing it right <laughs> yeah that's a certain that's a style <laughs> I, I normally go, I normally go for two maximum. Yeah, the car's not yeah. that big. <laughs> right, <laughs> can't justify three. <laughs> so, what's your what's your kind of uh, making form of choice, Dave? Um, or, or choices. I don't. Yeah. So it just it depends on what day it is. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I've been doing, you know, I do printmaking because that was basically when I went to college, we did printmaking. That was like my favorite class. Then I didn't do it for 20 years. And then I was like, oh, I can just go to the store and buy this stuff. It's uh, <laughs> I can do that again. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just so many interesting uh, printmaking artists that you can, you know, so that gives me a lot of inspiration. But and then I try to. So that's a big thing is just doing trying to do all different forms of that. Um, and I guess it was kind of partially inspired by uh, Jimmy DeResta's printing press. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I'm not using that type of press or that type, doing the type of printing, uh, you know, letterpress printing. But it's kind of reminded me that that's something that, that I wanted to do. So that's it. But I do, uh, I do just do whatever, mostly like weird sculptures. Um, that could be anything. Uh, inspired by usually inspired by some sort of joke that um, only one person will understand. So, <laughs> now, I mean, so talking of jokes, you're also yeah. the uh, purveyor of joke cutlery, I believe. Right. Yep. And that was specifically a joke because I ended up making I forget two or three different things that happened to be you know sculptures related to sharp objects but um you know totally useless <clears throat> so and then i, I that thought that, that was anything totally useless right yep so then i thought that that was a funny phrase joke cutlery so i made an instagram for that and then every once in a while i'll find something that fits perfectly in that um 
that topic. There's actually quite a few things. A lot of people make either like gigantic uh, spoons or really tiny ones, mm -hmm. um, you know, or it's made, something's made out of wood and should be metal or, <laughs> um, you know, some kind of crazy epoxy sculpture. Flexible uh, chopsticks. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that one. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, so you, yeah, that's gonna... yeah. Because I don't have a lot of time to, you know, I'm not working on actual, you know, art. It's been, you know, it's just a hobby. Um, so usually, if I have just an idea that's I think is, you know, will be really funny or just fun to make, then that's uh, mm -hmm. that's how I decide what to make. So would you call yourself maybe more of an artist than a maker? Or is maker kind of a, a, a term that you've kind of appreciated um, well, and grown you know, into? It's both, really. Because um, it's a, you know, I also will, like, try to fix anything or, you know, build something to solve a problem. So, you know, uh, all stuff around my house, um, you know, just, just being able to have tools and figure things out. So that's why maker kind of covers that but i do do some things that are you know more artistic or illustration type so it depends on the day of the week um <laughs> what uh what i decide to call myself but uh i think i think i think that's, that's that idea of being able to kind of go yeah today i feel like doing this and all yeah mm -hmm. the next day going yeah i don't feel like doing screen print today i'm gonna make a handle for a knife right it, it's it's nice to be able to plug into those sort of different skill sets and I, I, yep. I, I, I like to believe that having the different skill sets can I wouldn't necessarily make you better in other ones but can maybe lend itself to maybe an improved ability to pick up other skills I think the more varied type of making that one does I think it tends to maybe lead to more creativity in different areas but that's just yeah, an idea for sure. it's kind of bouncing around I like that because um, you know a lot of the stuff that I learned or and I didn't really learn it properly I learned it you know whatever um, was just like fixing things and solving problems you know your car doesn't work so you have to figure out what's wrong with it and you don't have the right tools so use whatever tools you have and uh you know every time you you know you learn how something works or you know how to take it apart maybe put it back together then uh you know it just like it just builds the... you know so you build up this library of different uh techniques and skills and then you know if you're trying something new you um you can relate it to something that you already know or you know or something you saw in a youtube video at this point because probably <laughs> that's a lot of things you know are actually things you've seen but you haven't tried yet. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's that overlap of overlap of skills and that transfer of transfer of knowledge that I think the makers are, are particularly good at. Right. Yeah, like people who call themselves makers usually like are you know good at making connections and you mm. know trying you know trying something new without uh knowing how it works <laughs> you know it's I, funny I've... uh 
Let's say huh. Grant said that in uh, I don't know if it's in on the yeah I think it was on his podcast he was talking about uh, how he figures out things with computers and he says I just press all the buttons until one of them works and that's I've been saying that yeah. for I don't know forever twenty five years uh, everybody's like how do you know how to do that I'm like I don't I just uh, tried everything it's like you know it's a computer you can't really break it you know if you press all the buttons yeah. uh, there's an undo you can uh, you know you just save a backup copy of your document and then. <laughs> If it doesn't work, you can go back to the old one. So Absolutely, same thing. Yeah. Just willing to just, I don't just try things, you know, and, yeah, and learn fix it from... till it breaks, and then fix it. Yep. back to working again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I always found that with I I used to have to use Excel a lot. I'm love you. I'm love you spreadsheets. I mean, the first spreadsheet I used was Lotus One Two Three Version One. Oh, oh no! Yeah, not not as old as VisiCalc, but. Yeah, Visicap yeah. is the oldest. Horrible. Going, going, <laughs> going, going, going back, going back yeah. a, a, a bit. And I've, I kind of always, I've taken the viewpoint with Excel, because I mean, generally most people nowadays use Excel. But if there was something I wanted to do, the people who write this type of software are, are blooming clever people. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're really clever people, generally. They yeah they may kind of not always get things right you know you kind of look at some of the user interfaces over the years and you kind of think <laughs> why but you know generally they're clever people and they are producing a, a piece of software for use by a varying range of people from you know, mm -hmm. relatively new novices young people perhaps through to people who are, again, exceedingly clever and want to do very complex things. Now, I kind of, you know, my use of Excel was always sort of somewhere in the middle-ish. Yeah, I wanted to do useful things with it. Probably a bit more than just basic, but not really advanced. Inter intermediate ex Excel user, I would describe myself, good intermediate Excel user. So I always figured that whatever I wanted to do there was a way to do it right that they already had built in you know there'd be a formula or there would be a a, a, a mechanism by which the thing that i wanted to do could be done and right. i was it was I, there was always it yeah it yeah. might take sometimes it took a little bit of finding but there was always a solution already built in and it was just a case of yeah like you say just you know in the case of excel you you, you try different formulae you, you do things you, you work on a sample bit of data if it works you apply it to your whole data set mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a, a strategy again like you say with the computer i've always kind of gone yeah let, let's just unless you get it if you get yeah format hard drive coming up and you you still yeah. have to click yes <laughs> and you haven't got a, a, a backup copy right well yeah that's your own fault but generally yeah. That's how I got into data recovery. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now you're an expert. Three partitions on a hard drive. One of them had all my data. And then uh, I'd, I'd um, done FDisk, deleted the first two partitions, and then forgot to do a reboot. Um, so created the two replacement partitions uh, in place of the ones that I just deleted. Should have rebooted, so put the orders back in. I didn't, so they did format. Um, and basically reformatted my data partition and went, ah, oh, no. <laughs> so then spent a few weeks learning to be a data recovery 
person. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I've learned a lot of things uh, making mistakes for sure. Yeah, it's it's a really good yeah. incentive to learn. I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How to not make that mistake again? That's it. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes generally. No. Yeah, I mean, there are times when making a mistake is if we could. Yeah, we're almost going back full circle to talking about table saws. Yeah, you know, if you make a mistake on a table saw, it could be life changing. Sure. Um, yeah, and obviously that's not a good thing. But generally, making mistakes is not life changing the majority of time, particularly with things like computers. Uh, unless, of course, you're, you're messing around with a computer attached to a yeah, uh, electrical transfer network or a nuclear power station. It's probably not the place to be learning um, those sort of skills. But yeah, you know, no. yeah, yeah. If you, if, if, you, if you make mistakes, you learn. And I think yeah, there's, there's also that aspect of yeah, try and learn from other people's mistakes. Mm. So yeah, don't yep. necessarily the the person who's kind of you put their hand across the the open blades of a uh, a planer, a bench planer, because and they have because they've taken a guard off, and you think you know, yeah, I'll 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 leave that 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 movable guard. Yeah, I'll I'll leave that on, yeah, right. if I'm using one because I don't want to learn that mistake the hard way. Well, it's interesting actually because when you think about like where I first saw, uh, and I think a lot of us probably first saw. Um, you know the, the kind of the the maker in a workshop would probably be Norm Abrams, right. like a Yankee Workshop or things like that. Yeah. And they would often have, you know, a, a message would come up on the screen, or, or Norm would say, you know, we've taken the guard off for filming purposes. You know, and there would be that explanation of, of we've made this saw less safe, so you can yeah. see what's going on. Right. But then. That, you know, you don't you don't often see that on on YouTube. You know, I know a, a friend of mine who who has lost a finger to a, a table saw accident. You know, he now is a lot more safety conscious. But but I, I did some um, before I had my table saw up and running. I, I did a lot of uh, a lot of French plates on his table saw, and. You know, before I went near it, there was a lot of you know kind of explanation of what was going on and how he'd set the saw up, and you know it was that kind of um, that initial, you know, like I've made stupid mistakes. Don't you make the same stupid mistakes? This is what you're going to do. This is why you're going to do this. This is where you're going to why you're going to stand this way so this doesn't happen. And you know, it was that kind of that was a case of like I did a stupid. Don't you do a stupid as well? You know. Um, I mean, at least say we come full circle with that because you don't often see the same thing on YouTube of like I've I've taken the guard off so you can see better. Quite often, it's just don't bother with the guard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> take that <laughs> off. Yeah. Take the riving knife out because I, I was doing yeah. one cut at some point that needed the riving knife out of the way and I couldn't be bothered to put it back in. I have to admit the guard. There's the crown guard on my table saw. Which I'll admit I haven't actually used my table saw since twenty uh, 
January 2017, I think, is the last time I used my table saw. But I, I, I don't keep the crown guard on it because it's actually slotted underneath another bench. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't fit if I had the crown guard on it. Yeah, I'd have to take the fence off, the saw blade has to go down. Um, and I have to admit, I, I don't always put the crown guard back on when I do use it. Get him, uh, Dave. Yeah. It, that way. That way. That way. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> yeah. I think I think, but I think this. I can I guess I'm starting. I'm going to almost like to defend the kind of yeah. Oh, but that's all the way forward. Then yeah, because I think back to some of the swords that I was using back in the days. Yeah, it was like. It, 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 I think it's, it's difficult with sometimes where we kind of go. It, it, I, I I know I've done this when I was teaching where you kind of go look. I'm going to do this, but you students must not do this. Yeah. <laughs> You do as I it. say, not as yeah. I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because there's that element of, well, A, I'm the adult and I'm taking a calculated risk based on my skills and knowledge. But it's it is a it is a more calculated risk. It, I am doing something that is riskier than I am going to allow you to do as a student. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It, it, you know, in, it, certainly in some times, it, it, it is definitely a wrong thing to do. Particularly, I, I, I suspect that there are more the people who do put things on YouTube. I suspect that some people who put things on YouTube and who, when they film things, show good, safe working practices. Some of those people will, when not being filmed will do things that are perhaps riskier less safe because it's quicker it's sure the way i've always done it mm. i'm going to do it this way because i'm not being filmed right now and i don't need to show the highest um standards of safety because i and i think there are people who kind of go i will always when i'm videoing things do it with the 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 best range of safety uh, procedures in place so that other people will learn the safe way from me or right. perhaps not learn a dangerous way yeah <laughs> that's more important but yeah it, again is it right I mean yeah how many how many of us have cut a piece of MDF or a piece of Pascal board without putting a respirator on just because it was a quick cut I just need a small bit of scrap yeah I'm doing one yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, my son is wanting me to do that now <laughs> no, yeah, well, neither will my wife but... <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is but it's it... And I guess, yeah, it's when you don't, of course, that eventually things do catch up with you. Yeah, it's, you know, re- I've got a duff spine because I did repeated heavy lifting. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't one instance. Yeah, there, there are plenty of examples of somebody being hurt because of one thing going wrong. And well, we often kind of emphasise against that, but we don't necessarily talk about, well, yeah, you find doing it the once and you find doing it the second time, you find doing it the mm-hmm. third time, but once you make that 50, a hundred, three hundred times. 
that risk is no longer mitigated. I was, I was talking with my dad about exactly this thing over the weekend because um, he's in a very similar boat. You know, he back problems from when he was a young man doing, you know, lifting big heavy bits of equipment and things like that. And, you know, being a big strong guy, he was, how, how can you just shift that for us? And he would just go and shift that, you know, and it wasn't, um, there wasn't as much of an awareness about things like manual handling or, you know, how to lift safely or whether or not it was even safe to lift it. Yeah. yeah so a lot of, you know, I suppose it's just a case of time and knowledge and research and training and disseminating that information out and normalizing, actually looking after yourself slightly and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think we need to do more of that. Actually, kind of you know, normalizing, normalizing it, making mm. things. Uh, it, this, I mean, this, this, this is kind of the, the role of education, isn't it? The role of education is to part of the role of education. That they, again, it's always lots of grey areas. Yeah, we can learn things by making mistakes. We can learn things ourselves. Plenty of us do that, and plenty of people will continue to do that. That'll always be the case. But you can make more progress by a program of education, whether that's school or whether that's kind of active learning, whether that's taking a course, and you, know, or whether it's yeah, you know, kind of you know, reading the manual, <laughs> you know, not just <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Dave, you, I mean, Laura's video this afternoon, her live yep. hangout, sort of set up the Tormac. I have to admit, I, I mean, it, I, I tend not to hang around too much for the, the long ones. Per, normally on a Sunday, I'll be kind of doing a bit of ironing and I'll kind of catch up with a few videos and I'll try and aim the ironing for kind of when Laura releases the video. Right. <laughs> so with a hangout, because they often last a lot longer, it's kind of like, well, there's other things to get on with. can't necessarily stand and do, yeah, the, I don't want to do an hour's worth of ironing for starters. Um, right. <laughs> but, sure. Is that kind of that often as you're setting up a, a, a Tormek sharpening system, and it was like, it's like, oh, I, I'll just I'll just try and dive in without reading the manual, and then it was like, oh, should I read the manual? And the chat went live with kind of yeah, a lot of people going, no, but yeah, don't read the manual. Pros don't use the manuals. It's yeah. like I, I, I was reading that, and I was just like, I I actually switched off. I did. Yeah. I, I went back on a little bit later, but a I, lot I just, more people actually like, said read the manual. Um, it started. And I think some I, of them. It started out were, initially with like don't, but I think then. I, yeah, I, I think some of the people who were saying don't read it were probably assuming she didn't want to read it, and I think you know maybe it's kind of funny to say don't read the manual. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's a little bit of that too. But um, yeah, that that's a complicated piece of equipment, and yeah. there's more ways to do it wrong than to do it right. <laughs> yeah. The manual was really long. <laughs> so I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was really about boring. an inch thick, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that was that was just that was German language one as well. It wasn't like often right, didn't have all, a manual with in it. Yeah. six, twelve, fifteen. I think no. I've got I've got. What, 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 I mean, German words are really long, so that's not surprising. It was a True. thick manual. No, it did have yeah. some pictures in it, and I think the pictures were helpful. Um, but yeah, it's just it's because it's 
you know, there's it had instructions on how to sharpen every different piece of every tool. So there was, you know, it's very specific. There's a different attachment and different angles mm-hmm. and all this stuff for everything. So it was, you know, you had to, and she did go in the manual and, and read it. <laughs> yeah, when I did back course, in, yeah. she was sort of looking at the manual. It was like, oh, thank yeah. goodness for that, because it was like, yep. But I think some people in the chat also knew how knew had some experience with that piece of equipment, so they were able to kind of offer some advice. So that's actually good too, you know. Thing, yeah. If you um, if you you know, if you if you have someone next to you or you know online who who's done it before, they can kind of give you some, you know, point you in the right direction. So, mm. yeah, I think learning from other people again, it's that kind of education, isn't it? It's you learn by yourself or learn with the input of other people with that's direct one-to-one which is often ideal whether that's group session like a class or whether that's you know, by video or or things that people have written mm-hmm. but it's it's yeah i mean it's a, a, a nice piece of kit i'm not i'm not sure whether i prefer the idea of a rotary whetstone or something like a pro edge with kind of uh moving belt well as, oh, as it happens, did... yeah. As it happens, a... <laughs> there is there is a video that I watched the other day that I completely yeah, yeah. forgot that I'd watched, but is a perfect uh, thing as an attention grabber. But um, Project Farm, who I've shouted out already, yes, and Project Farm were testing different sharpening, the knife sharpening systems, systems. right? Yeah, um, yeah. For for that exact thing, so I ended up with some um, sharpening stones in my uh, Amazon basket. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no, I put them on my wish list. On my uh, on my wish list, that was it. Yeah, there's there's a hundred different ways to sharpen a knife that are effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's almost a personal preference thing. It's like when you get into weird stuff, like uh, the Tormac is really cool. I've seen people using it with the uh, attachments for the late turning tools. Yeah. And those, you can get like you know all the different profiles of the tool get, get the correct profile every time yeah you can, it can get it perfect it only takes like i've seen a uh, pat lap use it and he's just like you know he's turning and then he stops for a minute you know 30 seconds on the machine just sharpen it and back on the to work yeah. so if you know yeah but i think it does take a lot to learn how to use it really effectively so it's something i need I, I need to get I, I've, I've got some old and i've got an oil stone that was mine grandfather's uh sure. which is absolutely i mean the thing it is it's dividend, yeah. Right? yeah it's like a base <laughs> divot and i've got i've got a variety of of stones I tend to yeah, card around them stones and things but i think i need to and i've got some small diamond uh plates but i say mm-hmm. plates i mean they're literally an inch by three inches they're tiny yeah. it's like little mm-hmm. little plastic wallet plastic pockets ones, type yeah. thing and yeah. they're they're useful they're fine for certain things but i i need to i think it's been on my kind of to do find list for ages like several years to actually kind of sort out sharpening system that is something to be usable I and mean, i think at the, at the moment I've, I've my i tend to use like in the kitchen i tend to use just a a, a, a honing steel which is honing yeah. rather than sharpening. Yeah, right. um, but certainly my, my favorite knife that I use sort of daily has now reached a point where 
yeah. I need to actually <laughs> need to re-grind, yeah. do something yeah. with the edge properly because the mm-hmm. steel doesn't really do anything anymore. But I want to get that right. I want, yeah, it's a, it's a nice knife. It, it wasn't too, it wasn't expensive, but it wasn't cheap either. Um, and it, it's it's a nice knife. Yeah, and I I, I kind of want to do that right because it is getting to the point where it's not as safe as it should be. Because ideally, kitchen yep, should be sharp, yeah. super sharp, and it's it's sharp, but it's not super sharp. Right. Um, so there are times where it kind of yeah, I have to work a bit harder rather than letting the knife just do the work. Yep. But yeah, finding that you know. kind of finding the right system. Yeah, I, I'm not going to take it out to the tinkerage and stick it on grinding stones on a just an angle a bench grinder. No, yeah, that's like using one of those. Uh, there's all these different kitchen gadgets that are purported to be sharpening for sharpening knives but they're just for ruining knives yeah Yeah. absolutely (laughs) far too many bad experiences with them myself yeah i don't know i think there's yeah there might be someone there's probably someone around you in your town or something that could do sharpen them properly most most yeah possibly yeah Um, but i mean yeah obviously you want to learn how to do it yourself because yeah (laughs) i want you to get the for anyone wanting to learn how to sharpen a knife, I, I would avoid using the uh, Steve House on oh, the yeah. works technique of the inverted Upside down angle grinder. Yeah, <laughs> inverted angle grinder. Although well, I have seen him do yeah. that in the flesh, and it is much safer than it looks. But it is just absolutely the weirdest thing you can just turn around and it's, see someone doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not for a kitchen knife. Definitely better for a axe or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends on what you you can. There's all different things you can attach to an angle grinder, so you could probably get something that was appropriate. Yeah, I, I quite like the scary <laughs> sharp system, the kind of yeah, the glass plate with. Yeah. Um, I think that's different grades of emery. That's that's quite a yep, cheap yeah, one as well. It's getting yeah, the angles easy. right. Mm-hmm. That that's, yep. that's the kind of. Uh, I mean, like a, a chisel or a a bench, a, a, a plane blade yeah i think is relatively straightforward because it's a straight edge yep yeah, yeah. that's it's, it's, mm-hmm. you set your angle a holding guide easy but when you've got a, a kitchen knife with a yeah seven inch eight inch blade that curves and the curve changes you know it's, it's flat along kind of you know, the back mm-hmm. sort of third yeah. and then at the front third obviously it's curving around to go to the tip yeah it's a uh, touch kind of touch harder i think it's just kind of it's like the um like the project farm video you've got the, the systems with the um you kind of got a holder with a rod and then you've got a diamond plate on yeah, the end of a rod and you that's kind of what i've put across. on my uh, in my wish list <laughs> yeah and i know i kind of know um yes mm-hmm. uh, i think on honor from dies in every film Uses and, uh, that Johnny from Spikeblock Designs as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people using so, that. That I think I is a really good system. Yeah, for knives. I, yeah, I just I I think I need to see one in action yeah. and actually try it because in my head yeah. I can't the maths of it the and the angles. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I I agree. I'm thinking, tri- I'm thinking triangles, and you kind of you've got to pivot at a certain point, so that sets kind of the height on mm-hmm. the kind of the vertical of the sort of right angle triangle you've then got kind of the, the the horizontal which is going to your blade 
so your hypotenuse is sort of set but the length of that hypotenuse is going to change it because is. it's going to be curved but the difference is it is always going to be more consistent even if the angle is going to change along the blade it's going to be much more consistent than you are without it oh interesting yes. so it's yeah. just close enough the system yeah it doesn't it it, it might vary You're from right. eight, eight degrees to six degrees over the length of the blade mm. but that doesn't matter because it's right. going to be it's it's going to be correct and and at an angle it's not going to be like that yeah, it's which be is what you're doing around, you doing yeah. it just by hand you know having that guide rod is going to is going to keep an angle you know because mm. otherwise you'd have to have it a, a set distance away from the whole profile of the blade wouldn't you yeah you, know, you couldn't you couldn't do it any other way to get the same angle but it doesn't need to be the same angle yeah. No, like, I, mean, I, I, I guess, yeah, because, I mean, when I was, I used to have a, a bushcraft knife, that I would actually vary the grind angle along the blade deliberately so that certain sections would actually be sharper and other sections, it'd still be sharp, but perhaps would be... Um, Longer coarser, so uh, yeah, kind of at the near to the, the the hilt, I would have it so that it would be stupidly sharp. But towards the kind of front of the blade, so kind of a, maybe a, a third, the, the kind of third point mid, closer to the tip, it would be sharp, but not as sharp. But it would be a a flatter. Depending how you want to kind of measure it, I'm not not a knife expert. So kind of yeah, at the kind of sharpest point, it would be very very thin, but then I would it would broaden out, so perhaps a steeper angle as you kind of went forward, so that it would be more robust and stronger, because right. a finer blade is going to take damage, less damage before it kind of is no longer sharp. So if you were trying to cut into a stick, you would use the kind right. of the, the front third. Mm-hmm. It'd be sharp enough for splitting or some of that. But if I needed to kind of whittle a feather stick for lighting a fire, you'd use the really sharp bit because you want then good control and fine action. No, so I guess you know. I don't really think of. I don't think of doing that with a kitchen knife. I generally kind of want a similar sharpness all the way along. Hmm. Mm. It's. I, I need to look into because sharpening systems. Yeah. I mean, something like the Scary Sharp system or kind of a homemade version <coughs> is, is pretty cheap. A flat piece of glass or granite, emery paper. Um, but then the Lansky systems are particularly the kind of the, the better quality ones are a bit more expensive. Maybe that'd be the thing when I, when I finally, you know, get around to actually buying mine. Once I've gone through and, and sharpened everything in the house, I'll just stick it in the post here to have a play with. Mm-hmm. You can you can sharpen one of your knives and then measure the measure the grind angle across the blade and then have a moan at it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this one's yeah. six point eight degrees. This bit, <laughs> right? Yeah, or we'll have to meet up. We'll have to meet up. You can show me how to use it. Absolutely, that'd be better. I mean, to be fair, you'll have probably seen more videos on how to use it than I have. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Right. Should we think about uh, things that have been grabbing our attention? So, you, you, Jamie, you've just mentioned 
yeah. Project Farm, but we'll come back to you on other things. We normally let guests go first. This is so for the benefit of those who are listening for the first time, uh, kind of our attention grabbers aren't necessarily um, one thing. It's not necessarily a video. As some people kind of, some podcasts do, is just kind of, I'll be able to your video of the week. Anything it that's grabbed your attention. Anything. Sure. Projects you've been working on, projects you've been working towards, uh, projects that you've just done, books, anything, and more than one if you want. So, Dave, no. what's been grabbing All your right. attention? Okay. So, the, uh, yeah, I haven't read any books. I should read some books. Uh, <laughs> I'll go back to the list of books <laughs> I was going to read, but I'll skip that for now. Um, yeah, so uh, Tim Sway just put out a new video. Um, he did a recording of the hollow corridor band. So every instrument was made from hollow corridors. Uh, drum set, guitar, double bass, a uh, bunch of different guitars. So, <laughs> And uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. And... Uh, this is song uh when you know he created a new song for that and he kind of you know basically supports his message of you know uh of reusing things and thinking about uh you know the impact you have on the planet so it's pretty mm. that's pretty interesting Tim's yeah very cool. Tim's, yeah 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 i think there was, there was talk jamie i think i don't know if you can remember there was talk that he might be coming he was due to go over to the 2020 make essential yes Hopefully, oh, yeah. like it's the 2022 one. I think it's cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. he's obviously, he does work with Vectric. Right. Um, yep. Who are, or were one of the main sponsors. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Make cool. Central. So. Not to, uh, not to show off. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The squares. Yep. The squares are great. I have those. Do you have the, um, the square X? The little, they're the small rulers. No, I don't. I've only, yeah, I've, got, I've got the, oh. I've got the two. I've got the um, the stainless yeah, steel and then the, uh, the, the clear and the regular. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. I think I have all of this. I think I, I have all I, the tools I, now. I, I couldn't get a square. Um, couldn't justify the kind of the, the, the spends on it, so I made my own. So there's there's a a Talisman Tinkerage video about that, which oh, is a cool. fantastic, <laughs> a fantastic ode to it. I'm going to check that out. I didn't mean, you may have made that before I uh, started following. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will put. Um, well I called it the alternative square. I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah that's it, great. It's, In... it's um, it's it took quite a bit of serious making that one. So definitely worth watching. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first one he made was all handmade without any kind of fancy tools or anything. So. Yeah, yeah. My again, I, I following off my. I didn't use any fancy tools. It definitely. It was uh, definitely it was, homemade. It was a <laughs> great, an homage, wasn't it? It's it's a uh, it's a good ode to uh, to the mm. to the Tim Sway version. Yeah, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that uh, yeah, because I mean, he's I, like, you I, don't have I, to I buy my stuff; I, just make I, it yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I think I got, if I remember rightly, I did get a mention on Reclaimed Audio because I did um, I did reach out to Tim and sort of share it with him before oh, I released awesome. it. Uh, yeah, that's great. So that was good. Anything else? Is that? Yeah, I have uh, one other. Thing. I mean, there's probably a million things, but I don't want to. <laughs> the the no, thing that came to mind was it, relevant to our discussion was uh, Jonathan Katz Moses had. Uh, uh, he just did a video about like what, how uh, the importance of dust collection and how it you know how it actually works, and talking about the different levels of filtration and it was pretty interesting you know and it was um 
it was great because it wasn't um, like sensational or anything. It really talked about the facts, and it was a good, uh, straightforward explanation of like you know how these things work and what what it actually means. Um, I mean, well, I don't have any dust collection, but they're well researched. Yeah, yeah, Mine's shop yeah it's a really good video. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 does he does make some good videos. I, I like his so yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely kind of like you say he's not sensationalist it's very kind of yeah it's it's based in research as well it's not just kind of oh well this is the way i've always done it that's the yeah. key <laughs> phrase for today i think yeah hey we're professional podcasters we are yeah right well <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing it for over half a year. That's, that's got to count, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's, that's right. Now, I'm mistaken as well. You all happen to be wearing a shirt that you made at the moment. Oh, that's true. I did wear it, but my camera is not there. Uh, there you go. Now you can see it. <laughs> yeah. So, because yeah, obviously, new... insider knowledge from Makers on Zoom having mm-hmm. coffee, I know you've been doing quite sure. a lot of screen printing lately. So... Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, I've been trying trying to learn how to do it, and this is my first like design that wasn't a joke uh <laughs> based on <laughs> something that i've seen uh on someone else's youtube so but very cool yep yeah so cool. i came up with this concept uh makers um love problem solving so much that they uh make up new problems uh <laughs> that's their main hobby uh, absolutely i mean like i said before about you know the repairing especially with the it stuff is you know fix it yeah. until it breaks <laughs> right. so that seems to be a you know, applies to makers quite well. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the old, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it, it, the maker equivalent seems to be, if it ain't broke, it doesn't have enough features. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Jamie, what's been grabbing your attention this week? I travel, really. I, uh, I travelled up to the motherland. Um, went, and, went and stayed with my mum. So, my daughter had a day of school on Friday, so I, I managed to find another day off work and... Um, took my daughter up to see my mum see some some of the family went saw my dad my uh, siblings and stuff um it took some of my uh some of my leather work kit so did a bit of teaching the relatives a bit of bit of playing carving leather and made some coasters with mum and stuff like that so it's a bit of uh bit of, a bit of getting away and a bit of relaxing and a bit of seeing the family so not a lot of uh, not a lot of anything else, but it was uh, good and wholesome. So I got to uh, had, um, dinner with my brother and sister-in-law, um, who tune in fairly often and, and quite enjoy listening to us as they sort of drift off during the evenings. So <laughs> it's uh, a good old natter. So it was, uh, You're saying we put people to sleep? Uh, no, they're just very busy people, so they they fall asleep halfway through our podcast, <laughs> whether we're talking uh, about interesting stuff or not. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's the excuse he gave us anyway. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take you into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busy yeah we're going to drag yeah. we're going to drag my brother on the show at some point anyway, so we'll we'll grill him. Probably. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, for sure, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hopefully, you'll be it. Maker Central as well. He's, he's uh, been at the last one. How about you, Andy? What's what's been grabbing your attention this week? Me? Uh, well, as previously mentioned, still uh, making a bit of progress on slow progress on the full tools treasure trade. 
Um, yes. So hopefully, but yeah, get, get it yeah. Done hopefully by, by next by next week. Yes, by next yeah. week, I should be able to say that's that's done and dusted. It's done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, still a bit more to do. I had a, a, a new tool. I won't say what it is because it'll give things away. But I had a new tool arrive today mm-hmm. um, for the next bit that I've got to do. Um, so that'll just kind of maybe not as tiny necessary, but it's it's just going to make a nice nice sort of uh, finish to the thing I'm making. Is this, a, is this a new frying pan that would uh, help? No, 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 bribe that's going in No, 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 not a frying pan. The bribe. Um, <laughs> I mean, we did buy we did buy some frying pans a little while ago. So, well, a new frying pan. Still need to get a couple more. We had a, we normally have about four frying pans, but we're down to kind of to sort of four different sizes. But we're down to three, but two of them are virtually the same size because the, the surface finished on it. So, yeah, I do need to look for a new. Welsh cake pan, yeah, that's that's a, that's in the hunt. Oh my um, goodness, I can't believe you uh, <laughs> let that happen. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it, it it does. It's one of those things. Um, other things that have grabbed my attention this week: a uh, new video from Matt Perks Perks DIY uh, making a a, a, a submarine, a, a model submarine, what? but a, a working submarine it, I, I mean the guy's just so smart I mean that that's why he's wow. got kind of here yeah, uh, a million uh, well, no several million he's, I think he's he's on multiple millions of views uh, subscribers rather on YouTube but he, he made talked about, he went from first principles as well so he, he made a submarine um, and the buoyancy was produced by taking a couple of giant syringes swapping them over to a screwdrive so you could actually sort of change the internal volume of of air um, by taking wow. sort of water to the outside by moving these syringes. So it, I think there's going to be continuation because there was he was working with uh, did a collaboration with uh, Project Air Channel, and so the guy from Project Air had, had made a, a submarine as well. That both of them have more work to do. Matt's was more mm. successful in their first sort of try. But it's, I. He makes the stuff with superbly high quality, I and mean, he, he, he does a lot of things like PC desks, um, as in making a desk with a built-in PC. Wow! Uh, a variety of computers, but the, the standard of his work, given that he's basically working in his garden or just in a studio, not a workshop, usually with. Most of his tools are just regular DIY yeah, super, super tools. Cheap, Nothing super special. Accessible yeah, tools. kind of. Yeah. Tends to pick nice a, materials. A like sander that. and a jigsaw and a drill. Mm-hmm. But then he will have specialist tools, so he makes his own battery packs. So he's got a, a battery spot welder, mm-hmm. which is very, you know, obviously very specific. Um, I'd like. I'd, I'd like to. I know he does occasionally do podcasts. So it'd, it'd be nice to get him on to have a chat because. He's a very interesting chap, and it'd be nice to know a bit more about him because he doesn't yeah. share huge amounts. I've heard him on one podcast, so have a. There's a cat. <laughs> it'd be nice to kind of have a chat um, with him and kind of yeah, get to know a little bit more about kind of his background and yeah, mm. 
why he takes the approach of let's build it with kind of yeah, nice brass fittings and some nice walnut rather than just kind of yeah, slapping it together as, as most of us do in some <laughs> respects so yeah it's yeah, um, yeah it's it, it nice work um, and the other thing that caught my attention this week uh, not quite so nice uh, for those involved in the 3D printing world maybe familiar with a company called E3D who make uh, particularly famous for the Hemera hot end um, oh, the the, um, the Holly Curve system the yeah. hot ends and uh, extruder systems and things like that but one of the, the uh, Sanjay Mortimer who is one of their kind of founders, founders yeah. key brain uh, behind it um, passed away about a week, ten days ago um, mm. At age thirty-two, um, yeah. which is is is, is not good. Um, my understanding is that he did have some underlying health issues. Uh, there's a, a video. We, we don't know the, the the cause as yet. No, um, but it's it, uh, again throw back to some previous videos. Uh, Billy Rubin uh, put a post up on Twitter uh, referring to a video. In which Sanjay had made sort of comments, essentially defending the fact that, you know, he does have kind of uh, had hidden disabilities and ish health issues, and the fact that he is was it's a difficult isn't it, when, when people kind of pass you saw kind of use present tense, um, very much neurodiverse rather than neurotypical, and uh, clearly. Uh, and the, the, the I can't remember who put the video out, but they had actually had to remove lots and lots of comments that essentially kind of were bullying. And and, and it's a sad thing that there are the maker community is, is is fantastic, but there are people who kind of merge into the maker community, who I would say perhaps aren't of the community, but actually do put out you know nastiness into people they yeah they pick on people who are different and there's a lot of people who are neurodiverse and, and different mm -hmm. in the maker community and some people just seem to have to think that because people are putting things into the public domain that they can just attack and they probably don't even think they're necessarily attacking but they just think oh well, i can say what i like and it, it, it's frustrating and it's it, it's a well, that's been an ongoing thing in the last few months, yeah. anyway, isn't it? Is with uh, you know with with William Ob William Osman, um, yeah. his recent videos, and you know getting in touch with with other makers and other content creators, and um, people are in the public eye. You know that that, uh, that you know the, the keyboard warriors and the trolls and things like that. It's it's and uh, they forget that there are real people with real feelings. Exactly. Who yeah. are yeah. putting things out not because they are necessarily making money. And yes, some people do make money, and some people make very good living out of putting things on YouTube, for example. But they're putting things it's out. The they're doing that the because the they want to share. They want to right. show their ways of doing things. They want to mm -hmm. inspire. They want to educate. They, they want to motivate. And yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating when people kind of. There are makers, and we've talked about this. I mean, yeah, Billy talked about this on her episode. Who 
are getting to the point where they're going, I, I, I don't want to put things out anymore. I don't want to share. I don't want to publicize. I don't want to make videos because when I do, I just get crap thrown back and it's, yeah, it you down. It's, it's not good. It does. Yeah. It does wear people down. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit rubbish. No, it's it's just sad that yeah. I mean, it's life. You know, people die at any age, and it, it, it's it's sad when people do die when they are young and in their thirties. We as as you said, Jamie, we don't know yet. Um, uh, we don't. We might never know. know. We might never know. It's not. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not exactly. our right to know. Yeah, it, it's. Well, I think the thing is with, with yeah, Sanjay had such a. a hugely positive influence not not just on the maker community or anything like that but on you know he, he the the work that he put in with his team at e3d and in general which you know the work will continue yeah um but he had such a hugely positive influence on uh, on the maker community on 3d printing on additive manufacturing um and on the way we produce things you know and and it's a it is a huge loss um yeah you know fortunately his his work and his vision is going to continue um but yeah it's uh it is it's pretty sad for a lot for a large number of us it's, it's hit uh it's hit some of us pretty hard hmm. yeah Oh, more positive notes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave, where can where can people find you if they want to kind of find more of your work? Is this Dave's introduction? Um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to mix stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I, mainly on Instagram, it's uh, Dave Bauer Art. Uh, that's uh, pretty much where I post everything. I do have a website where I sometimes post uh, some of my crazy uh, ramblings. It's uh, just davebauer.art. So um, cool, cool URL. That's uh, pretty pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't um, I couldn't think of a good name, uh, so I just used my name for everything, and it seems to that's uh, a good name. Yeah, to work. <laughs> so easy. And I'll just easy I'll just add it. there that I would say they're more than ramblings. I, I would say that there's some very thought-provoking posts uh, I appreciate that. Uh, what you what you write I, I find them interesting to read and it makes me think um, and that's, that's why I've, that, and that's one of the reasons why in episode 30 uh, so two episodes time uh, mm -hmm. will be our next group uh, chat which we're trying to do every sort of 10 episodes ten we're trying episodes to do a, sort of a group right. chat um, and we'll be talking about the difference between Art, craft, and design, uh, or kind of, I think design's got art, a bit of, art and craft. craft. Yeah, yeah, that's a that should be pretty cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, like I said, I wrote up a bunch of. I've been writing a bunch of notes uh, every time I get a crazy uh, idea in my head. So <laughs> hopefully, I can fantastic uh, uh, make yeah, it an interesting we'll discussion. Have... Yes, because hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll chase the. I need to chase up all the uh, the all guests. Different. Uh, this next week, I'll try and do. I normally, uh, I normally kind of contact guests kind of midweek before mm -hmm. they're due to be on to kind of 
sort of do the sort of pre-shows sort of information and get, get the kind of I think we're going to need a, a, a run-up perhaps but uh, yeah we've, we've got ah, Steve yeah. House we've got Steve House coming in um, got Andy Couple Bullocky, of, and we've got Ali Ali from, uh, from Geeky Fire Ali yeah so I think it's going to be a good chat I'm looking forward yeah, to it yeah it sounds great Dude. Yeah, definitely yeah it should be fun right <laughs> I think on that note on that note yeah. Hours, yeah we'll, uh, oh. we'll, we'll say goodbye to the audience and okay um, next week we have we'll, we'll see you back next week and we'll be chatting to Rasmus we will we'll, we'll, oh, wow. we'll try and be we'll, we'll, we'll be nice to him yeah. he's, he's, he's we're going to have to be good cop bad cop or something I'll be I'll be nice to him yeah (laughs) okay there you go (laughs) we love him really it's it's affectionate ribbing he'd be suspicious if everybody was nice to him I think at this point absolutely I I think he would yes I think I I think you're right there Um, I think he'd be pretty be very very suspicious maybe we should do that and make a central just arrange to get everyone to be really nice (laughs) nobody really nice give him loads of hugs yeah and no no kind of Bad mouthing, no insulting, no names, nothing like that. Yeah. And yeah, by the end of the weekend, he'd be absolutely paranoid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've just realised we're, we're, we're still we're still live. We're still, oh dear, we're still live. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't have, have to cut that part out. <laughs> uh, on that Go note, on then, Click yeah. The Goodbye, folks. Good night. Oh, thank, thank you. Good night, well, everybody. Thank you, oh, thank you Dave. Yeah, thank you for coming on. <laughs>